0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to, I'm going to call it, a special episode of I Came With Fire podcast because this is a super good friend of mine, Matthew Harris. Um, we have talked about him coming on for a while. We have known each other for a long time. Uh, been through some crazy stuff together, and we're going to talk about some yes. crazy stuff that he went to as well. And, uh, but man, I am super excited to have you on, bro. How are you? It's been a long time since like seeing each other face-to-face like this and had a conversation.
1: 100%. A hundred percent. I'm blessed. I'm really blessed. Uh, I'm so blessed Excellent. to, you know, just to even be, you know, joining your podcast. Uh, you've had a bunch of um, amazing guests and legends, you know. So just to even be here, just to even be on the podcast itself, you have no idea how much it means. So thank you so much. But I'm doing great. Dude, I'm doing absolutely,
0: great. man. You're a legend too, bro. For real. You're a legend too this podcast is, uh, not just for people who, uh, well, one of our guests, he made a joke of me one time he was like, you gotta, you gotta write a book to get on this podcast. And, uh, I thought that was kind of funny cause have just <laughs> gone through like a string of authors and, um, but Sheesh. no, man, this, this is a podcast for anybody, dude. And, um, you know, so I, you have a lot to say and we've been, we've been good friends and, um, you know, I think that you're right. definitely one of the more wise people I've met in the Air Force. And I don't use the that word with the Air Force very often, wise and the Air Force. Um but uh I do. I think you're a pretty wise person. And um I'm really looking forward to it. And just for context for everybody listening, um, you know what I want wanted to have Matt come and talk about and uh I was actually hoping to have a few other people who I know who went through the same thing that Matt did come on um uh, but Matt was the only one brave enough uh to join um so hats off to you man uh but uh I want to hear about his experience um during the pandemic when they were forcing everybody to uh get vaccinated and Matthew went through um refusing and that process And I know quite a few people, and I know that there's a lot of people out there that have some pretty strong opinions about this because I've seen people be like, "Oh, he's a military member, or they're military members. They're supposed to just do exactly what they're told." And you know, while that is true on the surface, um, not everybody in the military is a yes man, and not everybody in the military believes in everything they're being told. And uh, obviously, there's a time and place to argue, and there's a time and place to stick up for your beliefs. Um, But I'll say this too: you know, in the military it is not an excuse to just say I was following orders when things uh, are wrong. And we can have an argument about what is wrong when it comes to like the mandatory vaccination things. Cause I'll say this too, that the, 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 The vaccine for coronavirus was was is not the only mandatory vaccine every year since I've been in the military. I had to go get my flu shot. You know, I had to go get any other vaccines I needed to get, like TB. Right. Um, You know, people have to get certain vaccines to deploy smallpox, yellow fever, stuff like that. Right. So, you know, I've gotten a plethora of, of shots while being in the military. Some, I have no idea what even those were, especially the ones at basic training when they march you down the line and jab (laughs) you in the arm from both sides. Yeah. And then you get the shot in your butt at the end. Right. And, um, but you know, I just want to say that, uh, I want, I want people to understand that there's, there's a lot of views on, on this and there's a lot of views on military members accepting and refusing because it was just there I feel like there were more people upset about military members refusing some of the military members that refused than uh you know than there were people who were upset that military members just were getting it I guess and I understand mm-hmm. both sides um but at the mm-hmm. end of the day you know you can you can have your own opinion and you can think what you want about uh, what we're told to do what we are you know what we have to believe in and um, you know, we definitely don't believe in everything that we're told uh, or right. that happens. We are all people. We're all human beings with brains and belief systems. And we're all products of our environment. That's and that right. doesn't just mean the environment in the military it means your environment at home and your personal right. experiences. So sure. um, I want. I wanted Matt to come on because he is a human. He's an awesome human. And he's somebody who um, put himself through a tribulation that not a lot of people did, uh, including myself, um, because I got vaccinated um, and Matt didn't. And I will be 100% with everybody listening. I look up to him for for saying no. And, um, you know, that's another reason why I wanted to have him on. So, Matthew, um, thank you again for coming on, brother. Uh let's let's just let's just go ahead and introduce you real quick. Tell us about yourself, sure. um, you know, all that stuff, and then we'll get to uh where we uh we linked up in uh Deutsche
1: yes. so a hundred percent. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Yeah, so um before I start, uh I just wanna give thanks uh to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for everything. Um I don't believe in quinces coincidences. Um I know for a fact that he put you in my life for a reason. Um so I'm so grateful. Um but I had to give him glory before I start. Um amen. But but yes, uh I'm Matthew Harris. Um I have been in the military or I've been in the Air Force for 11 years. Um I started off at uh Edwards in Cali, my first base. And uh back in 2012. So uh, I was there for 6 years, first 6 years met some wonderful people along the way. Uh it was really rough for me as an airman there, um mainly because um
2: uh like it was uh it was rough because uh from the top down it
1: was very toxic people-wise, mm-hmm. leadership-wise. So the really the people that we had were um like the staffs and the techs, you know, and, and below. Mm-hmm. But um there's good people here and there. A higher up, don't get me wrong, but
2: um, I just want uh, to say
0: for everybody listening that he uh, yeah. may not be affiliated with the military. That's, when he says staffs and techs, he means staff sergeants and tech sergeants, technical sergeants. And for the Air Force, that's your E fives and E sixes. So it's like it's middle management.
1: It's middle management. middle management. So that's right. Uh, non yeah. non uh, non commissioned officers, E five, E six, and uh, yep. then it goes to the senior ranking. Uh, right with uh, Mass sergeant in chief. Um, yep. I'm glad you brought that up. I probably should explain it better. But, uh, no, you're good, man. Um, yeah. Um, met some wonderful people there. Um, then uh, at the time, I'm not going uh, to lie, I was very scared to go to um, another base, mainly because I was told, you can only go to Korea. If you want to get out <laughs> of this base, you can only go to Korea and, and maybe Turkey. Right. And I was scared right. of war. I was scared of Kim jong I was scared of it all. I was scared. Mm. Uh, I thought we were going to go to war any day. But Mm -hmm. it um took took the risk, took the leap of faith. Um, I got orders to Kunsan, Korea, and then I also Mm -hmm. had a follow on after that to Germany, where I met uh, Mr. Gresham. But um, uh, Kunsan, heck yeah, one of the best experiences of my entire life. Uh, Mm -hmm. probably the best moment of my career so far. Leadership. Um, the people I connected with. Uh, everyone was vibing, so. You know, war, that wasn't a thing. It, that was definitely, mm-hmm. I want to say it was propaganda. It was propaganda. Uh, everyone was just vibing, having a good time. COVID Absolutely. wasn't a thing yet. You know what I'm saying? COVID wasn't a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. So I met some wonderful people, uh, Some even some Army people. Uh, Camp Humphreys, which is on mm-hmm. the way up to Osan. Uh, so that was 2018 to 19, Uh one year there. And then I went to Germany. And um, yeah. Th- uh and that's where uh, I met Mr. Gresham, and man, that was a squad. Oh my goodness, that was
2: dude.
1: that was such a good group. Man. And, and it's it one was, of those, dude. it's one of those things where looking back, it's like you can't you can't conjure that up again. You can't just Mm-mm. you know, it's the people that you had at that time, and that's it. And dude. it was just so amazing. It's uh, crazy
0: that you say that too, because so when I, when I mm-hmm. first got to Germany, cause I got there before you, um, yes. I got there in uh, 2018 and right. so. I immediately like heard about like swing shift and the guys on swings on echo flight. And I was like, you know, they were called the echo empire when I first got there <laughs> because everything, everything yeah. in the office was, was star Wars theme. And um, I just want to say too, that like, I don't know everybody else's experiences and maybe, you know, you had different ones when you're at Edwards or in Kunsan, but at the 569th at Volgaway in Germany, every flight had their own individual office, which is not typical. So like even right. when I was at when I was in Montana, there was one office for all flights. Here at Travis, there's one office for all the flights. And I thought that was mm-hmm. super cool because it really gave all the flights their own identity and right. like i don't know i we used to joke and we eventually got to that point but we were joking about it before you got there that all the all the flights were like hogwarts houses and then eventually we became a hogwarts themed uh, oh my flight. gosh there for a second i know dude that was but <laughs> no but, you know i went and saw the the swings swing shift uh flight office and saw the star wars stuff in there and then you know we, right. we went through a couple different transformations we were uh the office when uh when uh Sergeant uh, Anderson was, was uh, the flight chief. And that was fun. We had mm-hmm. all the, that dorky shit going on. But yeah, man, I, I that was 100%. Uh, my my flight, one of my, my first flight when I was in Montana, we were mega close. And, um, but yeah. it was, and that was super special because that was like my first flight. And it's, you know, <laughs> right. that's, that's not something that, you know, you can compare to anything else. Mm-hmm. But that experience I have with those people, and then like obviously our mission set over there, um, is so unique when it's compared to a lot of other security forces squadrons in the Air Force. You know, we're mm-hmm. uh, military police, but the Air Force calls us security forces. Um, and uh. Just just the people we were with, the stuff we had to do, the off time that we got to spend with one another, the camaraderie we all had, you know, it just – it's insane, dude. And I'll say, you know, there was a couple people that really were the glue throughout the whole time. And, yes. dude, I, I know yes. you know who I'm going to say was the Heck glue, yeah. but – sunny so strong man like that's she was she was the glue for sure absolutely and um you know super absolutely. super grateful and thankful for her i would love to have her on one day but uh she's awesome. she's pushing yeah. pushing basic trainees down there at uh at Lackland air force base in Texas. So, oh but God. yeah, man, that was, it was wonderful. All those people yes. that, that we had on that flight. And, um, we definitely yes. went through, we did get hit a, hit a period of time I kind of want to talk about with a specific mm-hmm. flight chief. Um, I'm not mm-hmm. going to say her name because, um, I don't know if she's still in, you're still in, I'm still in. I don't want to really ruffle any feathers too, too much with people. Um, but, uh, it was definitely a rough time. And there was a lot mm-hmm. of things um, that she engendered that were super toxic and created a lot of issues. And that was as, as odd as odd as it as it is to say. It was like the mm-hmm. the universe kind of conspired to make everything that was crappy happen all at once. You had the pandemic happening. You had the issues right. that kind of happened on that flight. Ahab, dude, and. I had one of the the master sergeants who worked upstairs ask me one time, he's like, dude, what's going on with the morale and Echo Flight? He's like, you guys are like the heartbeat of the squadron. Like, this is not Echo Flight I've come to know. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I had a real long conversation with him about that. And um, I'm super duper unfortunate. But it was just like everything that was going on with me, everything that was going on with the flight, everything going on with you, everything going on, you know, with just Having to suck it up and live through a pandemic in Germany, which
1: yes, for everybody in the
0: United States, it is. Tell them, tell them, dude. Like it was, was so bad.
1: There was, yeah, there was a couple countries in the world. Australia, Mm -hmm. you know, Italy had a lot of lot of old people, tons of old people that really suffered. Oh yeah, but Mm -hmm. there was only a couple
2: countries in the world that just um had hell on earth.
1: For restrictions, mm-hmm. for mm-hmm. Um, just how the governments conducted their business overall, Germany was yeah. all the way up there. It, it was, it was miserable, and it felt like, mm-hmm. looking back, it felt like this is going to be permanent. This is, it, it did, this man, is, it's forever.
0: I, 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 I remember when crazy. they first put all those, yeah, when they first put all those limits on us. Everyone was like, oh, it's just two weeks. It's just two weeks, right? And that's the joke that's right. now, right? Two weeks to stop the spread, right? And it's two weeks. however many, you know? And um, right. everyone just kind of was like, oh, man, my my trip, I got to cancel to Luxembourg. I got to cancel my trip to the UK or whatever. Right. But, you know, we're going to book right. that Ryanair flight <laughs> in three we weeks and it? we're going to go. Nope, not at all, dude. Mm. And. And so for people out there listening, like when, when the, the host nation lays out rules, we are the guest nation. We have to abide by those rules, right? And there's obviously some wiggle room because we're military members and like we have to travel and have to go to work and all that stuff. And so there's exceptions, right? You know? um, And they, they figured those things out like deployments and, and stuff like that and people traveling for TDYs and which they really shut down a lot for, but yeah, like couldn't, couldn't leave your your town unless you were going to work. I remember there were doctors walking around, knocking on doors, you know, pretty, pretty crazy stuff, you know. That and,
1: waiver, I, you had to have that waiver mm-hmm. in your pocket, you know. Yes. And, dude, if you didn't have that waiver, Paul's was jet
0: Yes, <laughs> Yep. absolutely, oh, yeah. Dude. So and, bad. And so bad because they were letting um Americans travel for for work and stuff like that and um you know people that had like real issues and needed to travel back to the states the german government was blaming americans for the the uh the pandemic getting worse and not dying down and um i had to travel a few times back yeah. to the us and um you know i i will tell you right now dude there's there's uh, some people that said some things to me in that unit that were definitely uncalled call for um and, uh, yeah, it's just, it was crazy mm-hmm. how, how much it, it caused people to change and it caused people yes. to say things and do things that really not okay. But uh, to lighten the mood a little bit, I'll tell you right now, man, I'm sitting on my butt in in my, in my apartment on my couch and I'm flipping through Facebook. And the first time I see you, you're live and you got your like <laughs> DJ board out and stuff like oh, that. Oh, man. And, and dude, let me tell you, man, there was some oh, times where it was like having a, a crappy day and um, I'd flip through and I'd see, or I'd get a notification and say, Matthew Harris Dang. is live, or it invited you to go on his live. And uh, he would just, just DJ some music and I'd sit there and just like watch for like 20 minutes and it would just kind of make my day because I don't know, it's just vibing. And it, and it, that's just, I never you know would have thought that that's where I had to go to for human connection.
1: How about during that?
0: a time like that, you know, and, right. and there it is, yeah. And but you, you kind That's of saved right. the day. Definitely came in clutch.
1: Right. It, it was me, you, and the janitor that were watching the live. All That's right. All together.
0: That's, right. <laughs> all together.
1: That's <laughs> right, dude. Oh shoot! Three
0: of us just,
1: just vibing. Yep. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, he need to take a break. <laughs> Maybe he'll come right. back. Uh, That's right. But the, the, one of the rare positives of COVID was, I always wanted DJ. to try it out never tried Uh it before, Uh didn't know anything about it really, but um, looked on Amazon and the the cheapest one and Uh uh, tried that out and YouTube saved the day. And um, it's just, uh, uh, I'll actually be DJing at our Christmas party, you know, so. Oh, that's awesome. uh, But yeah, but looking back, I'm like, I couldn't do anything else. <laughs> That's how mm-hmm. I learned. It's true. And it wasn't like I could go anywhere or, or, or mm-hmm. go your house and just vibe. Couldn't, so couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. Couldn't do that. So that was one of the bright, few bright spots.
0: It was. And for me to – I had not had the opportunity to really sit down and play Zelda Breath of the Wild at the time. And so, I dude, that's what I did, man. I just crushed some Breath of the Wild every day for like hours. And uh, yeah, this is a, a strange time. I'm just going to say, you know, I think we can all relate, dude. Like how many people made a TikTok account or how many people made just whatever social media account just to go on there and, and find right. people? And it, I think, you know, dude, when you talk about like, just how um COVID changed way the world operates. It's crazy. Now everybody knows that you can work remote. That's probably one of the bigger That's things. That's right. So many, so many um, businesses and corporations are offering positions that are either hybrid or remote. And you see, you know, ones that require you to come in, but, There are so many that are remote and there's so many office spaces. Like I live near San Francisco and there's Mm -hmm. a ton of buildings where people just never have gone back into and work. And I watched a video. Yeah. It is wild, man. I watched this video of this guy who went back and uh, it had been like two years since he'd been at his desk and just like looking at the stuff he wrote on the calendar for like meetings the following week. And like, it just would feel like being in a ghost town, dude. It's very, very apocalyptic in in a way, you know, and all he had to do was go in and clean his stuff out because his position had like become remote. But, you know, that changed everything. The the global supply chain issues that we're definitely still feeling like it just it's it's a time that it'll be interesting to listen to like our grandkids ask about or try and talk about and explain. And you'll be like, Oh, we learned about the pandemic, you know, in 2020 and yeah. be like, Oh, they, they taught you that at school. And I'll be like, no, 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 no. Like this is, this is really how it was. Or this is really what happened because it's, it's as big as learning about the Spanish flu. Uh, pandemic that happened and i remember learning about that yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah 1918 i remember learning about that when i was in school and right. um you know everything i taught was taught was pretty superficial but you know makes me wonder how they're going to nutshell that situation and um you know just this is the first time that that happened in a modern well it was modern back then but like yes. in a society that had the the level of control and ability to control people um that we do now because you know i remember one of the things during the pandemic they talked about and they talked about a lot was was masking up and there's a lot of people really upset about masking up and i remember seeing a lot of those photos floating around on social media of people doing like the spanish influenza um masked up you know if you're like look yep. man this is this isn't anything new this isn't some global conspiracy repeats and, itself yep. right and and i remember right. another one too um the you know yellow fever that happened in um, uh, New York, and this was uh, mm. I want to say like colonial New York. And it, uh, oddly enough, it kind of uh, inspired the the sleepy hollow novel that Washington Irving wrote, but oh, well, they, know you know, they required people to social distance and they, they lock down bridges and stuff like that. So these are, these are old style, you know, tactics that we use to like stop the spread and keep people healthy mm-hmm. and all this stuff. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's just was interesting mm-hmm. seeing, you know, what, you know, what we, what we did, but, and those are, those are things that happened that happened before, right. but the new ways that we went about trying to like monitor and control and, right. you know, social media, not letting anybody get on and talk about something that didn't go with the narrative or not, not getting on there. And if you had something negative to say about a specific mandate or, or specific guidance or a specific person, right. Like mm-hmm. Fauci or whatever you were, mm-hmm. you know, you could risk losing your whole platform. You know what I mean? And a lot of people did. And a lot of people, you know, got stuff that was demonetized and still, still happen. And, you know, I mean, for all intents and purposes, this, this, this episode going on YouTube and Spotify, you know, could, could get pulled down. I don't know, just because of the topic we're talking about, but I I still think it's worth talking about and people hearing, especially when we start talking about like what you went through. Um, But it's, it's crazy the links that people went to and not just the links that people went to in positions of authority. Okay. Um, Cause we could talk all day about that. Like why the yes. CDC was, was able to say to private um, owners of apartment buildings and stuff like that. Hey, there's a, there's a stop on collecting rent. You know, why did that come from the center for disease control? You know, that, that's a little weird. That's what it seems like powers that the CDC should not be able to exercise, you know? Um right. so just weird, weird overreach and overlap things like that. But right. you know, it just there was a lot that changed and one of the scariest things was seeing people change. And it kinda you kind of really realized and that was the first time I think a lot of us saw just how quickly people will turn on other people for the sake of something that is is essentially peer pressure. Because the news media and social media, these little echo chambers that the algorithm online creates for you shows you everything you want to see and it sort of gives you this like almost like the liquid courage alcohol gives you to just kind of do and say shit that you probably shouldn't say to people, you right. know. And um, I like
2: that. Yeah. You
0: know, I have family members that, you know, yeah. said you can't come over or you know, if you don't do this or, you know, you you're make just just horrible stuff people said and did to each other and people you know, I don't know. It was a very dark time in that way too. You know, saw the ugly side of uh of humanity. So
1: that's right. And when when you like look at the remember the whole toilet paper situation in stores, mm. how Ooh. how everyone that was just weird. like like it was just weird stuff and it was just mm-hmm. like a Tuesday and people right. were just like
2: give me the toilet like
1: like right. it was like armed guards arm guards yeah. <laughs> guarding the bathrooms so people wouldn't steal toilet paper. I'm like, what kind of upside it, down what is happening right now? Right, this um, is a
0: respiratory virus.
1: Respiratory virus, you know, and and but just like that like we really are starting to change. And even like mm-hmm. me, there was a couple like I don't usually think like this. Oh, you mm-hmm. know, like the coughing and the sneezing and you know, it's just right. normal oh, yeah. You know, oh, God, oh, God, you know, we mm-hmm. started, like, you know, started uh, arming up and, you know, don't you sneeze again. Don't you right. look at me and sneeze again. And
2: right. it's just
1: like, you know, like a couple months ago, this wasn't a problem. Um, no. Or or like, and even like, you know, in Japan, for example, Korea, they've been doing that for decades, you know, out of respect. Absolutely. Out of respect Masks. to other people. Mask, mm-hmm. Um, You know, I'm sick and I don't want to get you sick. You know what I'm right. saying? So I'm gonna respectfully put a mask on. Mm-hmm. But it people did not know how to how to act. And yeah. uh, and then you see the still see it today, not not as much as before, but the people in the car by themselves with a mask on. Oh god. It's just like Dude. you gotta say an extra prayer, you know, just <laughs> ripping it white knuckling. It's true. It
0: I live in mm. California, I see it pretty often mm. actually
1: yeah
0: (laughs) it's another day
1: especially in cali it is especially in cali is special people over there
0: i lived on the you know i lived in cali in the back half of the pandemic and Mm. you know for for a very long time we were still required to mask up everywhere on base and okay just some of the dumb rules you know like oh you (laughs) like going to a restaurant right when restaurants started back up you had to wear a mask from like the the maitre d' like seating booth right or stand to your table the second you sat down you could take your mask off right you know it's just like where is the logic here the simon
1: says oh my right it's like and then
0: you I, i remember seeing some photos of like kids playing in like high school bands and they had the mouth cut <laughs> the off the, mouth. the mask. Right. The Air it's
2: Force like, Band. What,
0: <laughs> the Air Force Band. Yeah. All these dumb uh, things. It's just like uh, this, this is this is this is that like that compliance, that insane level of compliance that right. we have. It's like technically the mask is on, but the purpose is defeated. You know? Right. And there there's is. so much of that in the military where it's like, all right, we're doing it. It doesn't make sense, but we're doing it. You know what I mean? And it's just like, it's just so crazy. Because I think too, man, I remember having this conversation with a few people. We may have had this conversation, but it's like the civilian populace kind of got a taste, a little bit of a taste of what it was like to be in the military and being told to do shit that makes no freaking sense. There it is. And being forced to do it. And I just remember like reading people complain about stuff online and I'm just like, we have we have a, a we definitely have a higher threshold for BS. You know what I mean? Because we're just so used to it, it doesn't make we're it okay. So we're it. just like numb to it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and it definitely during that period of time, it definitely pushed our thresholds. You know, pushed past what we wanted our threshold to be, and got got frustrated too, right alongside everybody else. But That's it right. just was super, was super funny, man. And also, it, it was really interesting watching who at work took it a lot more seriously than other people. And especially those in like leadership positions, because some people were just like, you know what, we're cops in a pandemic. Our job is to interact with people. And so that's right. I was one of those. It's just like, I'm going to do what I have to do with this social distancing thing and all this other stuff going on at work because I have mm-hmm. to, but mm-hmm. I'm not going to not going to go out of my way to do things that I wouldn't normally do at work that I need to do to get my job done because it's just like, I'm so in it with everybody. I mean, the, the right. was, the, I remember, I don't remember if you were with me. I know that Stoger was with me. And for everybody listening, Stoger is one of the uh, Germans that uh, we work with. Dude. I love Stoger so much. Dude, if he's listening amazing, to this, this episode, amazing dude, gentleman. you are yeah, absolutely. Man. And um, yeah, him and I, dude, but uh we we went to a call, and long story short, I ended up having to basically pull somebody out of a part parts of their body out of a um a porta potty, not like dismembered body parts, but like they were inside partially inside a porta potty, and I just was like, dude, and I remember looking at Stoker and the Polizei guys that were out there with you know and I had gloves and of course like they're just like watching and everybody you know if you don't know like Germans are some seriously clean people like they like stuff clean. So they're watching me do this. I just remember like looking and thinking like dude I'm pulling somebody out of a porta potty in a pandemic like this this is there's just no point in in doing any of these like societal yep. protection measures for me while at work you know what yep. i mean and it's just like <laughs> like what's the point dude i've got like human fecal matter on on my sleeve now you know mm. and and mm. interacting with people you know who've been running up and down a, an apartment complex sweating and breathing heavily on me you know so it's just you know i don't know it was just a really really weird time i know we're just kind of rambling but that's okay um, it just, I don't know, dude, I, I i was weird watching kind of the Jacqueline Hyde that happened. I think that's a really good way to describe yeah. it. Because there was some people, like I said, that at work is like, before that happened, super chill, super nice. You know, and you, you know, there's people that are like nice and people who are when they're on duty and off duty, there are some people who are two totally different people, completely you different.
2: Know? Yeah.
0: Right. And but that's right. It's just like, some people became these robots almost, and that was that was really really strange and There was a lot of uh you know peer pressure and a lot of um you know crossing lines and asking questions and stuff like that that
2: you know mm-hmm. shouldn't have been
0: asked and but anyway um mm-hmm. i I was not in Germany uh when it became uh a requirement. Um, okay. it was a requirement. Yeah. Like when I got orders to PCS, like I had to go and get a negative test, obviously, mm-hmm. like that makes sense. And um, right. I went and did that. And, um, I, I to be, to be totally honest with you, I don't even remember if the, the vaccine had rolled out yet. Um, when I left and I left in, and when did um, you leave? I left in the, like the first or second of February of 21. So. I don't no. remember if it had yet. No, yeah. So um, at
1: least, at least in Germany, uh, mm-hmm. it, April, May ish. It was okay. It was. They were talking about it, and it was optional. And then yeah. in September, I remember that September, mm-hmm. October. It was like okay, yeah, take so, it or don't.
0: So right. So I want to hear because like we had two different experiences, obviously, right? Because I was at Travis. Yes, we and did. You were at Volgaway. And right. I, you know, I do want to talk about like kind of how this played out at travis but i really want to hear you know what happened with you you know and the the you know what i have to say about like the experience Mm -hmm. here is is secondary for sure but it's like with the additional pressures of what the german government was putting on like the americans like the base commander you know um pressure to like keep Americans on base or keep them in their homes and all this stuff that, you know, yeah. we, and I know there was a lot of our leadership that had, that took issue with that, you yes, know, they did. um,
2: nope.
0: but, but there wasn't a lot they could do. And, mm-hmm. um, so when that, when that started happening, what was, what was sort of the climate there? Um, when, when they started saying, okay, Hey, it's optional.
1: What was sort of the climate like? So when they were saying it was optional, excuse me, mm-hmm. the climate was—it was a lot, definitely a lot of discussion. Yeah, it was yeah. like the, the the round the you know the smoke pit and like around mm-hmm. the table That's talk right. and yeah. and we were like, oh, you know, yeah, it's probably gonna be mandatory soon, right? Like you, you would think mm-hmm. if they're talking about it now, eventually it's gonna it's gonna be the real deal. Yeah, uh, yeah. So a lot of people were like, yeah, I'm just gonna get it now. It's gonna be mandatory yeah. anyways. But I'm just gonna knock it out and. And call it a day. and um, and I was like, okay, I, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and and I was at the point where I wanted to hear a little bit more. I wanted to hear, you know, if people did get it. I wanted to hear what they had mm-hmm. to say, you know.
2: Uh,
1: I, I wasn't gonna get it right away. I was gonna get it. I was gonna mm-hmm. get it. Oh, really? Uh, but I, I was, but I I wanted to wait and just hear more information. Smart. I wanted to hear what people have to say, you know, like uh, mm-hmm. you know, what was it, you know, maybe they'll maybe it won't be mandatory but mm-hmm. i had a feeling eventually it probably will and part of me is and, like just go knock and you it can out kind man kind of tell just from listening
0: about. to people talk especially like leadership wise like you leadership. know this is heading heading that direction you know what i mean the phases so yep. but yeah absolutely mm-hmm. definitely
1: absolutely yeah yep. it was phases of it and um you know oh you know the summertime is going to get worse and because it was spring mm-hmm. it was spring yeah. um when the, the first the talks first started um Mm-hmm. Uh, becoming uh, more common about mm-hmm. about the the topics uh, about that. So, um, but for for me, I was doing fast missions at the time. April, April is yeah. when I um, went to Africa or started. We started doing missions to Africa.
0: Can you can you give just like a brief brief synopsis yeah. of what fast is? real fast?
1: <laughs> so fast fast stands for uh, flyway. Um, well, flyway missions. The M's not in there. Yeah. Um, but um, basically, uh, for us, at least for that flyway mission, um, the goal was to assist the French in their um, picking up their troops and dropping off their troops for the deployment. Mm-hmm. Because Africa, for France, is like their Afghanistan. Like, they, yeah, yeah. That, is, that is their baby. Um, and it's so, a long time. Uh, for a long, long time. So we were using our C-130s to pick up, drop off. Mm-hmm. And uh, it could be anywhere um um tunisia uh niger definitely you know about niger definitely niger, you know, niger. Yep. definitely niger um mm-hmm. uh the congo there was a lot of mich- uh, certain missions i didn't get a chance yeah. to go to uh, a lot of cool ones um yep. and but, it's funny um, when you
0: talk about african countries they're either like francophones or anglophiles you know like kenya hard. kenya where I, w- I was at kenya for a long time I was weird. I didn't know until I got there and they were driving on the other side of the road. And a lot of the Canadians I was, I met honestly spoke better English than me because it was that, like man? proper, proper Oxford English. Yeah. Wow. Because they learned and they were, they were English, like British schools. That's were British that set up the school systems. And um, so just weird things you learn like that. But yeah. Carry, carry Amazing. On, brother. Sorry.
1: Yes. Amazing. Yes. So, um, so my very, very, very first mission. My very right. first mission. We take off from Germany and we go to Niger. Um, mm-hmm. We get there, we land. Yeah. So uh, I start my very first shift. Uh, me and, and another uh, uh, NCO or another tech sergeant, we mm-hmm. did our, uh, our shift uh, guarding the aircraft. Mm-hmm. And that's the main thing right. about FAST missions. Like we're guarding our resources. Um, mm-hmm. You don't you know, make sure no one comes in and out. That's not authorized. Uh, so we were there at the, uh, at the back of the plane, just chilling. And everyone's getting their supplies off the plane, getting their supplies off, trying to figure out where to go. And then, um, as, uh, there are people dropping off their supplies, we see some vehicles start like, uh, coming around, checking us out.
2: And we mm-hmm. realize,
1: oh, those are the, the patrols of the area. Um, mm-hmm. and there are some security forces members in, uh, w- mm-hmm. one vehicle particular driving around looking at us and they came over. And they said, "Hey, are you guys here to, to to pick up somebody? Are you here to pick up one of our guys?" Mm-hmm. And we're like, w- w- "What do you mean? We're here. Um, we have our own mission here. Like, what's going on?" Yeah. So they said, "Oh, you guys aren't here to pick up one of our men." We're like, "What are you talking about?" So like, yo, so one of our guys got the vaccine. Mm-hmm. He got paralyzed. So no shit. They're like, we got to get this guy out of here, like now. And their leadership was trying to get him out of here, get him out of here, get him out of here. We got to get this guy out of here. But they're trying to, you know, not cause a panic. So oh my god, we're talking to our pilots, and our pilot's are like, what do we do? Like, we can't just, we can't just leave. We're supposed to be here for a couple of nights. And uh, we're like, are you sure? Maybe, there's got to be miscommunication. There's got to be mm-hmm. a different aircraft, right? So, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. We, we, we're we pretty sure it's you guys is here to pick him up. So there was a lot of confusion. Um, But what ended up happening was that um they found out, okay, it wasn't us that was there to pick up this gentleman. It was a C5. Mm-hmm. Um And later okay. on that evening, that C5 came by, picked up mm-hmm. the individual, and took him back to Germany. That right okay. there started everything for me in regards to,
2: hmm.
0: Dude, what what a crazy story! Like what
1: that I can it, I
0: can just it, understand the fear that it, that had to put in you.
1: But we were all talking like, like oh, okay, this is April. This is when mm-hmm. at first we started talking about it, and people were first on the okay, we'll give it a shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had my doubts, and it was like God sent that whole thing up for me personally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was almost like I knew, don't do it, don't do it and um you know we were talking and everything like that and um as the days went on and the other missions were starting to happen one by one a lot of our guys were holding out or you know waiting waiting and uh, one by one they're like no nah, I'm going to get it I'm going to get it you know it was
2: mm-hmm. over there
1: it was the J&J it was Pfizer yeah mm-hmm. Moderna was not a thing yet because they were trying to ship Moderna over to us but the okay. altitude of the uh the uh the vials really? and the vaccines it was destroying it was like it was like imploding so Moderna they couldn't really send that over um mm. but the the J and J and the Pfizer were ready to go. Mm-hmm. They already okay. were here in Germany. Uh, so a lot of our guys were getting those in particular. Um so again still waiting waiting on information I should say um mm-hmm. and for me it was TikTok that i was mm-hmm. it was TikTok of all platforms that i was getting all my information from or or different mm-hmm. things from different scientists different people yeah. who were risking everything
0: again crazy getting times. kicked out
1: getting kicked out exactly yes sir so i was still praying like maybe it's just me again i was still mm-hmm. having doubts like ah, yeah. maybe it's just me maybe it's just me and then and then my leadership was like okay um
2: Harris, you uh, what do you think? I was like, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think
1: I'm ready just yet for any change yeah. or any decision. I'm still, can I hold out? Can I have some more time? And for the most part, they were pretty gracious for me. Um, mm-hmm. But then I started to notice different missions for Africa were having different requirements, including mm-hmm. okay, now all of a sudden in AFIs yeah. and different regs, you all right? Um, the sh- the shots is optional. Okay, you can get it for these certain missions, but then it started becoming, okay, right. you can't go without it. You can't go
0: without it. Yep.
1: And, and I remember um, that
0: too, because, because to, yeah. to travel, they had, you know, you had, oh, you had to quarantine for a certain amount of time. That's but right. But if you had it, you didn't have to quarantine. So it meant right. that you didn't have to miss work to go. So they to were go. prioritizing people who had it because they didn't have to quarantine before and
1: after. That's right. And it was saving people money. You know, the Air Force loves mm-hmm. saving money. Uh, big right. time. Big so time. Uh, these mm-hmm. these people are ready to go, ready to go. And um, I started noticing that for me, missions were starting to to go away from from me. And uh, mm-hmm. I didn't say anything. I'm like, okay, you know, it is what it is. You know, at least I'm home. I can go home you know stuff like that. Yeah. One thing about flyaway yeah. missions: um, if there's no missions, you can stand stand by or stay um, at your residence. Right. Um, mm-hmm. If they need you, they can spin yeah. you up, and then you can go to the airport and take off. But that's one mm-hmm. cool thing about Flyway. It was nice to go back Definitely. and forth and not stay six, seven months at one it's, spot or whatever.
0: It's unique. Yeah.
1: Very unique. Absolutely. We also were joined with Ramstein as well. So we were mm-hmm. we were with them together and half the time, half and half we would go um uh, together, you, you know, on those missions. So um then uh June, July passed, and then September mm-hmm. hit. August, September. Mm-hmm. September was when it became mandatory. Okay. So September, my leadership's like, Eric, what's what's the word?
2: What's, what's happening?
1: happening? What's up, man? What's it going to be? Mm-hmm. And uh, I said, no, I'm, I'm good. So what was happening was that the people who said no had to meet with mm-hmm. leadership. Top. You yep. know, the triad and all that. Yep. So, um, there was one day where Everybody had to come in for those who said no. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, Mr. Aggression, that day you could feel something wrong, something off about the entire squadron, the entire area. Mm-hmm. Something felt weird. Um, and usually it's like that every day. You feel like it's just something's always off, you know. <laughs> but but something about this day, you know, it's, a, it's just <laughs> yeah. a Tuesday. No. But, but something, totally. about, something about this day in particular was really weird and there was people in the lrc you know where the computers Mm -hmm. are at where we have our computers and vibe Mm -hmm. people were like i looked at people's faces people of faces uh uh, of people i knew that were totally defeated it was a defeated look depression it was people were it looked like people were in boxing matches and just losing and and just getting ko'd Fuck. And uh, there was people before me that met with leadership. And there was people crying, there was people screaming, there was yelling matches. It was awful. Yelling it matches was, it like
0: was, between like people in leadership?
1: Yes, because they had to have Jeez. those meetings and they need yeah. to find out, okay. Um you you you're gonna it was almost like sometimes it was you're gonna do it and they had a little sheet, okay. We have times and schedules here. You got to go meet mm-hmm. like, up with these people here. And, and, and pe- it was like people's hairs are on fire. <laughs> you, you know, mm-hmm. um, and then it was, a lot of the airmen were going up. A lot of brave yeah. airmen were going up. And a lot of them came back down and said, I got to do it, yeah. Sergeant Harris. I got to do it. And it broke my heart looking at their faces because they were holding out, holding out. And um, no, I have to. I was like, Roger that. Hey got to do what you got to do. Yeah. Man. You got to do what you got to do. I can't mm-hmm. hate them for that. You know, right. uh, I, a lot of, a lot of and empathy. I a had a few troops that,
0: that went through that too, man. And yeah. just, just for some context, like, you know, they're threatening your career, which at this point, you know, if you're a young airman, this is now all, you know, this is your first this attempt you know. at, at leaving mm-hmm. the nest, you know, trying to be a successful adult. And when somebody says, Hey, man, listen, we're going to take your career away from you. You're going to be a piece of shit. You know, you could get a dishonorable discharge. You know, you can't even get a job at McDonald's because they ask if you you had an honorable discharge from the military. How many times have you heard that? You know, and they threaten you with all this, this crazy stuff and they scare the crap out of people and um, right. it, and this is it's a tactic that works on the younger crowd because they don't understand like just really honestly how difficult it is to to exact some of those things on people but right. still man like the the peer again the peer pressure the fear all of that stuff that they just put on people
1: was was pretty wild that's right on call for excuse me that's right and it was all set up it was uh, the meeting was all mm-hmm. It was designed like that, and, and the reason why yeah. I say that it was a Friday at like three p.m. You know, what I'm mm-hmm. saying like End of the everything's day the starting weekend. to close. You know what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Things mm-hmm. are starting to close down. They need it done by today. Mm-hmm. We need answers no later than today at sure 1600. Some of You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So there is no time to let me think it. Think about it more, sir. No, no, no. You're here with us. What's it going to be? We have mm-hmm. the sheets right here for the schedules. You know of when mm-hmm. to go and who to meet. Um, you can meet your chaplain, you can do this, but no more games, no more time wasted. What's it going to be? So, um, it was my turn to meet with them. Mm -hmm. And, um, they're like, you know, who was in the, you don't have to
0: say names, but like who was in the room, like leadership positionally, it was,
1: it was a triad. It was a triad. Mm -hmm. Okay. It was the first sergeant, the chief and the commander. Yes. And, um, you know, they're going through this speech and all that, this now, you know, the reason why we're here and all that. And they said,
2: uh, what's your answer? I said, no, Sorry, Harris. I'm like, no, I'm good. Here it's you. Like you,
1: but the standard. Like you. What do you mean? No. Maybe we're hearing it wrong. No, you're not gonna. You're not gonna get it today. Like, what's it gonna be? I was like, No, I'm not getting anything. No vaccine. Period.
2: Mm-hmm. And I
1: like, Yeah. They, it was a. It was an awkward silence. Yeah. And then the, the shirt. At the times like, okay, well, um, uh, well, here, here's the other process you can do. You know, you can meet the chaplain. You can do this mm. and that,
0: but I don't is this know. for the uh, is this for the religious exemption? Is that what, was exactly. it was it sh, was it the she first sergeant still ne- uh, negative not that mean? time okay that changed not okay. that time so It'd they changed. basically It'd they changed. offered you the uh, like try to explain it religious exemption route is that what you're talking about right
1: that's right okay. that, that's right um and you can go through this whole process and everything like that that's okay mm-hmm. Roger that I'll do that um. And, um, as soon as we were done in that room, it, again, very awkward, I had to get out of there. I, I just, oof, it's time to leave. So I went mm-hmm. back downstairs to the LRC and I called the chaplain immediately. And thank God I did. Cause he was getting ready to mm-hmm. close for the day. He was getting ready to go home. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people tried calling him and couldn't get the conversation. So they missed yeah. out and they couldn't get to him. Um, mm-hmm. and, but luckily I, <laughs> I uh, was so good. Uh, I was able to reach out. The chaplain was okay, got it. Bet we can meet up in a couple of days, you um, know. Mm. Um come over to my office and we'll talk. So that's what mm-hmm. happened. I met with the the chaplain, very, very, very had a listening ear, the first person, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and in and, and months that had a listening ear to me. Um mm-hmm. listened to my reasons and um uh, I told him. Uh, again, as time went on, I was gathering information. I told them, I, um, you know, a lot. The, one of the main things was the fetal cells, you know, uh, the the, the yeah. dead uh, fetal cells that were injected mm-hmm. into these vaccines. I don't want nothing to do with that. You know, um, I believe in life, and I I, I believe that that has it shouldn't be in anyone's body that they're putting stuff in. Um, mm-hmm. And also, uh, as a as a Christian, uh, I, I believed that um, everybody has a right of choice. And mm-hmm. if we can't have some sort of choice or right to have your own thought, your own thought process, mm-hmm. your, your likes and dislikes, especially in the military, I get it. for the most part, we are yes men. No question about it. Um, but there are moments, there are moments where mm-hmm. you can call things into question, you know what oh, I'm yeah. saying. And you it's know i got me
0: in hot water.
1: You, you already talked about before. And mm-hmm. that's what makes you so great. You know, you can stand up to things. And some people well, just, appreciate that. they don't have an art. They don't know. How, some people just don't know how to do it. Um, mm-hmm. and, um, and like, if we can't have any sort of rights that we're supposed to protect, then what are we here for? But what's mm-hmm. the point of serving? That's right. why I served, you know, as mm-hmm. airman, you know, at least back in the day, it was a little bit different time and reasons why you wanted to join the military. You know, mm-hmm. um, I still had a little pride at the time of, uh, of wanting to serve, um, and and I, I, just so that you know people hear me c- correctly, it is the greatest honor to serve this country. I, I love, I've had the the honor and the chance to serve. No right. question about it. I'm not taking anything away from that.
2: Um, yeah. But just so that me. you know,
1: you know, what I'm saying, like, just make sure people hear that. Um, uh, it's a it's such a, a wonderful thing, you know, to have mm-hmm. done things and you know uh, take care of people and serve. Um, but if we can't protect our rights and our constitution is supposed to uphold that, mm-hmm. and they're saying that this is a mandate, which is not constitutional authority, it's a mandate. Uh, it's nothing. Uh, it's not an authorization. Mm-hmm. Then what are we doing? So mm-hmm. the, the chaplain listened very intently, and he wrote out his piece uh, mm-hmm. of what Matthew Harris said to him, and he went to the religious route, you know, um, and then he sent it up, and I had to wait, I had to wait mm-hmm. to hear um, the next steps. Um, his leadership then started having meetings with these letters, the, the religious, you know, religious appeals and all that. They had their meetings. So,
0: so, and, so let's like slow, slow. We'll slow it down just for a second. So, the the letter that the chaplain wrote on your behalf it went to our the commander there in your squadron.
1: It went higher than that.
0: But it the commander at the squadron, right? But the commander at the squadron got the letter and then had a yes. conversation with you about what was in the letter.
1: Negative. Negative. Okay, so okay. Uh, there was a whole package. That letter mm-hmm. was part of that package. For um, part of the package and process where I sent everything up. Um, I'm trying mm-hmm. to think about things, but there was other documents they needed. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, that was part of that package. And then leadership, mm-hmm. the squadron had their meeting of any individual that said no. They would look at it together. And uh, then they would have their yay or nay meeting. Yay or nay. Mm-hmm. Uh, whether they supported what I or someone else uh, had to say mm-hmm. and it had to give if it meant manning if mm. it meant you know if yeah. it meant the requirements you know what i'm saying and uh i waited could not really go on many missions i was just waiting 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 yep. um and then in october i found out they had a meeting and there was people in the meeting mm-hmm. that were not affiliated with the squadron that
2: who, who were they
1: one was a senior at, like medical. One was like a chief and like finance. Like random AFSCs that had nothing it, to do with me. Was this supposed
0: to like? Was this supposed to like try to keep the objectivity of the meeting, or was this it's, like?
1: It's, that's yeah, a, what was the I purpose? Have no, I have no idea, Mr. Gresham. No okay. one told me anything, so okay. it's very possible, maybe non-biased. You know? Yeah. Um, but I asked. Uh, my first sergeant can I have can I have some documentation of the meeting yeah I, I was never I was never called in yeah never called in That's, that seems um, really fucking shady really weird and the only reason why I knew about it was because the shirt called me and said uh, mm-hmm. yeah
2: we denied you sorry man and um, so that was did at they the give you any justification level. did never they give you an justification answer. wow Never got an answer um so
1: that meeting with that leadership was at the uh the squadron level, the lowest mm-hmm. level, but it 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 didn't stop there. It has to go through all three levels, which is the second one is matchcom level, and then the third level the highest level uh was the third air force so, so essentially
0: they made a recommendation of non approval
1: essentially that's right not approval okay. mainly for manning um mm-hmm. you know basically Sarn harris he just doesn't really fit the build of what we're looking for uh he should be ashamed of himself he should be ashamed of himself it's unacceptable we need Manning. So we need our ncos you know to be upstanding um and then what we're gonna do is we're gonna they had a, a i said like what did y'all even do in the meeting like talk to me like i what happened? Yeah, He said, yeah, they, had, they were literally in the table and they read off with, again, that paper, the religious mm. uh, recommendation. Okay. They read that letter. Um, they probably looked at my other package, my other information. And the main thing I, I know, I was told was, well, he's gotten other shots before and that's what they were getting everybody with. That's what they were getting mm. everybody with. He's had shots before in the military. So, if this was Why his now? first shot he ever got, we could see a pattern. We, it would make more sense. But why now? Exactly. That, so. That, right. So, so just.
0: So let's just understand this. They essentially sent it to this this group to have this conversation, which, you know, it's just it's a sneaky meeting essentially where you're not welcome. Right. Because they probably don't want you to hear what they're talking about. Which which seems really shady in the fact that you're not there to provide any more context than what the letter on your behalf is there for and whatever else was included in, in this packet. And essentially, this is like some this like over glorified routing process, essentially, to make its way all the way up to Matchcom and then HALF and all this other stuff, right? HALF meaning higher air force or anybody listening. And they, they, they recommended not approving you. and you in typical fashion. And I'll just say this too, like, and I had experiences definitely like that at that unit where I was not afforded any sort of explanation for certain things. And they're not, they're not related to this. They're related to other things that definitely um, made their way to the inspector general's office. Um mm-hmm. But um you know, so this is, I just want to say too, for somebody that's listening, it may not have been, may not be in the military, that this is not uncommon either for somebody to get told what a decision was made on their behalf and not get any real context. And if, if you have a good senior NCO or maybe a, you know, a junior officer who may have been present during that conversation, they may kind of pull you to the side and give you the gist of what the reason was, but that's pretty rare, you know? And, um, to hear that somebody said you should be ashamed of yourself for the decision you made, that is, that's ridiculous, first off. Um, you know We could have a bigger conversation about the rebellious nature of us as Americans, first off. Um, and to sit there and try and say that now your ability to lead has been called into question about this and you should be ashamed of yourself, that's absurd especially when, and I'm just going to keep it real and level with, with you here, knowing some of the people in that squadron and the stuff that they got away with to question you about that is laughable. So I'll just keep, I'll just say that and leave it at that. But, Understood.
1: Um, I got you. Yeah, uh,
0: at, at, um, at one point when we were talking, you said that when the chaplain you went and met with him the first time that he was a listening ear and that's the first time somebody had really listened to you in a couple months. What were the conversations like that you were having maybe with like, I don't know, like the senior NCOs on your flight or maybe some right. of the other, you know, like what, first off, like I'll ask you this in two parts. What were some of the questions right. that you, or conversations you were having with people and like the senior NCO level leadership that you're interacting with every day about your decision? Yeah. And then what were the conversations that, you know, everyone was having like peer to peer and at the, you know, the airman level, right?
1: That's a great that question. Great question. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great question. Um for the top-down mm-hmm. senior NCOs or, you know, an officer here or there, um, you know, the guard mounts. You know what I'm saying? the yeah. Guard mounts. And, yeah, yeah, You know, that's where a lot of people were, like, starting to shake in their boots and get uncomfortable. Like, hey, it's... Oh, yeah. We, yep. we hate to come to your guard mount. You know what I mean? But uh, stomp, there's stomp. some things we... Stomp, stomp, There's some things we need to address. And mm-hmm. um, usually after guard mount, we're, like, trying to... You know, we're trying to go to work. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? We're trying to... So right. Get mentally going. prepare you,
0: to
2: mentally yeah.
1: prepare. You know how it be down there. It's just mm-hmm. it's a while, you know, and at a, a lot is. of times out of nowhere, certain things. Yeah. So, um, a lot of it was in the patrol cars. We were talking, and remember, we're with the army as well. So the army's getting their mm-hmm. their spiel. You know, they're getting yeah. their privates and their specials. They had and, it um, a
0: lot worse than we did, as far as like, the worse. lockdowns and stuff went. Man, way I worse. Remember Absolutely That's right. Dude. I remember driving over to like Pulaski or, um, or uh, not Pulaski, Rhine Ordnance Barracks where they had a lot of those guys, um, you know, barracks out of. And yeah, it's just some of the shit they had them doing made no sense. Like they had, um, like accountability check ins and shit like that to make sure people were, you know, actually quarantined and it required you to like step out and do, you know, that take, stuff take was account weird. for you.
2: Yeah, it's like Weird.
0: What you know? What's the point here, dude? Like we're all living, you know, nut to butt in a in barracks rooms. You know, like we're all here. I don't know. Just to me, like some of the stuff that the army had to deal with, definitely uh, heard from a few of them that they wish they didn't have it like that. But you know, that's right. Yeah, So what, right. what was what was some of those, those 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 patrol seat conversations?
1: Yeah, a lot of it was. Well, you know, mm-hmm. I got mine. You know, or. You're gonna to get to Sean Harris. I'm like, uh. no, no, I'm good. And oh, why? You know, I would give my my spiel. I wasn't trying to. Oh, you know, I'm not getting it. But if someone asked me, I was gonna tell them. Mm-hmm. You know, be honest with yeah, them. Yeah, you weren't
0: you weren't out there trying to like proselytize almost, right?
1: No, no need, no need. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the same thing when we're doing fast fast missions. You know, um, we're starting to put the mask on and the C130, starting to you know put some mm-hmm. additional PPE on and. It was starting mm-hmm. to get it was starting to get different, and um, and then people were like, "Well, sorry, Harris, you haven't gone on a mission in a while." I'm like, well, just well, requirements I, I'm not meeting right now, you know, for yeah. some of these things to go on. So I'm just waiting, standing by. And people were starting to ask and talk about me, you know, the usual security forces or military oh, rumors. Yeah. But mm-hmm. most of the time, people didn't approach me. You know, sometimes it was from other people's mouths and telephone, all that. Mm -hmm. Um, For the peer level, you know uh, of uh, a friend, a female type that is Mm -hmm. the homie. Oh, yeah. She's good people. That's right. And also uh, need to say that when I was waiting in the meetings, you know, Mm -hmm. waiting on the – well, not waiting on the meeting, but um, when they were having those decisions, Mm -hmm. um, her name was also in the meeting as well. We had the same meeting and the same things happened um mm-hmm. with the decision the yay name her she mm-hmm. was also in that meeting and he called her the shirt called her as well like, hey sorry um and um honestly mr gresham if it wasn't for her because no one else wanted to talk with me about it we already mm-hmm. were it was already getting awkward you know well you know clearly he's unclean you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, you know, right. yeah, be- yeah. you know what you're I'm the, saying? You're, like, the hey, leper,
0: you're the leper on the edge of town right you, there. You you
1: know? st- I was, started to become the outcast. And, you know, if, yeah. if you can get it, if you, if you would have got it by now, things would have died down already. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. You're starting to look like the problem. And yep. uh, I was just like, yeah. So half the time I'm going to work just trying not to even talk to people because Keeping it was starting to, Everyone was starting to look at me. And mm-hmm. uh, all I could really do was pray. But it, it was for our friend – you know, half the time she was going through a lot of persecution as well. And the yeah. only time we could have conversation and time to clear and just vent was at the smoke room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You're free? I'm free. Okay, man, let's just, how was your day? What's been going on with That's you? That's great. Man? And people, I'm, like, I told her, like, you, like, saved my life. Like, you have no mm-hmm. idea. Just this conversation, the five to ten minutes that we had, um, how she was lifting me up you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and I would lift her up too, but she was really encouraging. Like, hey, yeah. you know, keep doing and what you're doing. Hang in there. She's an
0: incredibly strong person for sure. And, um, somebody that, you know, we, we went through a lot with as a group, you know, before all that yes. happened too. And she, right. she dealt with a lot as well from the so flight much. she had just left and come back and came to ours. And, um, unfortunately, you know, right. I, I tried to, to get her to come on and she's, um, got some other stuff she's dealing with. So maybe, maybe Mm. one day we'll get, get her story. I would, I was, when I first thought of, um, talking to y'all, I wanted to have you both on at the same time. And, um, you know, it just, it just didn't work out like that and that's okay. all good. But, um, yeah, no, it's, that's, that's good that you did, man, because you're not, you're not Daniel in the lion's den all alone, you know, just you and you and God in there dealing with it. And, um, you know, you, you really were kind of in, in the lion's den for sure um, to, to stick with that, that line of thought. But what was that that pressure and those those things you were talking about were like, oh, you're starting to become the problem. Was was that sort of the vibe you were getting from like flight level leadership or like your yeah. fast level leadership? Yeah,
1: 100 uh, percent. I have one tech sergeant on my fast who was basically mm-hmm. our, our leader at the time. Mm-hmm. Very soft spoken. His wife uh, was a European woman. And she Mm -hmm. didn't get it, so he could relate with me. He could he he understood where I was coming from because his wife wanted no business, wanted no parts Mm -hmm. of it. So he was never like accusatory. He was never Mm -hmm. shaming. He was just like, "You got to do what you got to do." But leadership eventually is going to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So you know, just be honest. And uh, so wonderful individual, uh, this man uh, from my neck of the woods, from Massachusetts, uh, lived in the same town as I did. So we could mm-hmm. relate in a lot of le- a lot of uh, levels. That's um, awesome, right? But as far as like actual flight, I mean, leadership. One day in particular, shut the door and wanted to talk to me. Like, so what's up, man? I'm like, uh, just get it over with. <laughs> what's up, man? Right. We heard like anything changed. Like Nothing has changed. And one individual in particular, um, a tech sergeant at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. one individual was like, listen, you know, I'm going to get it. I'm going to get out in a couple of, uh, you know, I retire in a couple of years. So mm-hmm. like, it would make sense. Like, I don't want to lose everything I have, you know, and you, you know, you, you've been in for, you know, over 10 years and stuff like that. Yeah. Like,
2: you're
1: over why the hump. Yeah, why, why, why would you ever like, do you understand what you're doing? And then he would give me statistics. Oh, it's been fake. And like, you don't, do you know what you're talking about? And what have you been like what have you been looking at what what's your sources what's your science and it's really? going in and going in I'm just sitting there sitting there and there's a mass sergeant in there
0: kind of being disrespectful just, huh I you
1: mean know, just watching you know just just watching us go back and forth and um my supervisor was also in there just watching just watching and um it went on for about like 15 20 25 minutes um and uh they're like well like we all got it, you know what I'm saying? So, like, you do realize you really won't be able to do much of anything. Because at the time, you know, I was coming back. Yeah, I was already back from my my fast missions. So mm-hmm. uh, I was already back to flight. Um, patrolman, you know, working the desk, you know, 911 uh, mm-hmm. center. Yeah. But um, they're like, we got to, like, dude, we got to get you off the road. Because, you know, in Germany, you, gotta, you can't respond to anything. I'm like, you know, it's crazy. I'm we're out here trying to protect and serve and save lives if we need to, but I can't save a life because I can't go in this room
3: because was, you need a
1: mask and other requirements.
0: Was that a rule that the policies I said that we weren't allowed to be on the road without having the vaccine? Was that something? It was started. That, that became it a was thing? a thing.
1: It became a thing. Um, it was, in, you know, obviously, host nation, whatever they say mm-hmm. goes, yep. especially over yep. there. Um, and, um, then a little bit of, of base, you know, basism, a little flavor they added, you know, to the, to the mm-hmm. pot, Always. stirred it up yep. and they're like, basically they're like, Harris, you can't even, you, we can't allow you to be out in the public infecting everyone with your disease and trying to save people. And we can't have that. So what it's going to look like is you're probably going to be on base patrolling on base and working mm-hmm. the desk. And that is it. So. For three, four, five months.
2: They bring your my EPR just, into this and all that stuff too?
1: EPR is a Listed say, Performance Report.
2: Everybody, right, my annual yeah. report. You're so rating a DBA here,
1: yeah. That's right. So they they didn't say it like that, you know, but it was, implied. It was held against me, you know. Mm-hmm. It was held against me because everybody else could respond to things. I but if
0: you're working the desk, if you're working the desk, you're performing a duty commensurate with your rank. You're, you know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. how many, how many people? I mean, you've written EPRs. How many people have have you seen spend their whole, pretty much their whole year working at the law enforcement working desk? And there's many. nothing yeah. wrong with that. You know what I mean? Because no. you're a staff sergeant, and that's fairly, fairly common for you right. to be working that. You know. And, um, right, right. So, I mean, if you don't mind my if you don't mind my asking, you don't have to like, you know, give me uh, specifics. But like, did it did it hurt you when it came time for rating period? This is the situation.
1: Uh, part of it, and uh, yes and no. Uh, mm-hmm. one reason why it didn't hurt was because um everything was shut down. So like volunteering, mm-hmm. like all that was like out the right. window for the most part. Right. Um. No school. No fe- Exactly. No, no Oktoberfest, nothing to, you know, to do and, and to be a part of. No Bob So, kind. Yeah, exactly. It kind of hurt everybody, if I'm going to be honest with you. It hurt everybody. It did. You're uh, right. That, yeah, it made everybody that pretty, pretty vanilla. Pretty, pretty straight across the board. So there was like, mm-hmm. it, it, Good point. no one took it seriously. You know, no one really mm-hmm. took that, that EPR season seriously because nothing was going on. Um, but as far as uh, job related, everybody else had the job related. You know, yeah, working the desk helped. Working mm-hmm. the desk helped, you know, uh for helping out, you know, responses and everything. But mm-hmm. as far as being a part of it and patrolman, that, that did hurt me in a lot of ways.
0: That's that's unfortunate, man, because I'm just gonna I'll just say this. I've been writing EPRs for a long time. And I've been running EPRs. One of for the best. Major-
1: You're one of the best. Appreciate, one of the best appreciate I've ever you. seen do it. <laughs> I don't, I'm, you. I'm not even joking. Dude, how, many,
0: how many hours have we sat sat there at that computer with the TV screen and just sat there and wrote and wrote and wrote and just wrote and wrote?
1: Grinded. I felt like grinded, you dude. made me feel like I, I took out Bin Laden. You know, when I really <laughs> just helped the old lady across the street, the commissary. You You're know? right,
0: man. Exactly.
1: <laughs> um, you made me but feel so uh, good. I, I appreciate
0: that. But, you know, I've been writing in my almost majority of my career. You know, I promoted um, to the point where I was rating relatively fast. And so I've been doing it for over 10 years at that point, you know. And so – I know and have had plenty of conversations with people in leadership positions about how we're going to word somebody's EPR because maybe something funky happened during that rating period. Maybe they got in some sort of trouble or maybe there right. was a time where they had a serious family-related incident and they weren't at work. So maybe they weren't like on par with everything everybody else did, but we weren't going to let it hurt them because, you know, you can't help that something super crazy happened. Exactly. And it's a lot of nuance and there's conversations that happen about it. And so I've seen these conversations and I've seen them not let things hurt people right. because, you know, they they don't want it to. Right. And and right. it purely comes down to what, um, you know, the, the senior NCO tier and, uh, uh, you know, eventually the commander, because this is the final signature, yes. want yes. when it comes to. And there's conversations and, and just say like, there's, there's the bulk of everybody who they're like, okay, cool. This is the ratings. Then there's the people they are going to really look at for promotions. And then there's the the one-offs that we need to talk about, because like we've said before, there's the nuance, right? So there's mm-hmm. these conversations. So right. for me to hear that, you know, somebody would even, even in, infer that, you know, just working at the desk and not being on the road is hurting you. Is is pretty ridiculous because I have seen conversations go in, in that way and not let things hurt them because right. of that. Right, right, right. And, right. And, um, so again, I'll just you know summarize that by saying they let stuff like that happen and they one hundred percent make decisions on whether or not they're going to use somebody's EPR as a as a like we like to say a torpedo to your career. And nice. once you start getting getting up in those the the ranks, you know, once you become a staff sergeant and a tech sergeant, if you have a right. bad EPR, it's gonna hurt you for five years. That's just kind of the way the Air Force goes. Because when you go up for a promotion, they look at all of these EPRs in the past, a certain number of them. And right. you could be, you know, like you said, dude, you could have been that dude that took out bin Laden that year. But last year, you know, well. You, you had a, you had some emergency leave you had to take and, you know, you fell yeah. behind on some required annual training. So we marked you down right. in the leadership section because you're an NCO and now that was all you for five years, you know, five, six, so it's, exactly. it's, it's ridiculous. And, you know, we could have a whole separate conversation on some of the shortcomings of the Air Force and our our rating, um, you know, the way we rate people. But, uh, right. Yeah. So just to me, it's just, that's just laughable. And right. having had a similar, similar experiences before with some people, especially people in that squadron, um, mm-hmm. you know, it's, mm-hmm. they, they'll they sit there and boldface lie to you and pretend like, you know, it's, it's all you like this conversation didn't happen where they decided your fate, essentially. And, um, you know, oh, God it makes me, it makes me wish that, you know, a couple of people that we work with back then could, could jump in, in this conversation because I know they would have a lot to say as well about this specific topic, but it's just, you know,
2: mm-hmm. to hear
0: that that is, that's kind of in knowing you and knowing who you are as a person. Like I I'll say this, man, like, um, I remember one time talking to another tech on our flight and I always, you know, said her, said her name before, but we were talking about you and how like you were the last one still in the LRC doing, doing cases. And, you know, just for everybody to understand, like we worked technically from two to 10 PM, but really it was more like noon and sometimes it could be midnight or later. Right. And, you know, I would go and we would, we would typically all the, the flight leadership, the flight sergeants and the flight chief would wait until everybody left before we went home. And, um, we would, we would try to anyway. And, um, I'd go in there and you're, you're working on stuff and I, you know, I'd ask you if you need help and you're like, no, I got it. Hey man, you need help. You know, I got it. And, um, you know, and we just always, you know, we had a convers we'd have conversations about how like, you know, you were definitely always grinding it out and always, you know, being in there and doing what you're supposed to do and somebody that, you know, you could trust and, and take this, take it even a step further. Right. And when we're talking about super specific things, people are going to have no clue what we're talking about, but I know you'll remember the situation with a certain troop who was in a long distance marriage with somebody and, um, essentially their life was falling apart or it seemed that way to them. And, um, we, we had so many conversations with this person, everybody, everybody, for the most part, minus the, the, the poor senior NCO leadership we had on that flight um, was very much you know wanting to to kind of help this person and some of it was tough love, um, but eventually we had to tell this person that they were getting kicked out of the Air Force. I will never forget how much that hit you, and you know I don't want to I don't want to embarrass you, but like watching the tear roll out of your eye as you know we're telling this person they're losing their career is I won't forget yeah. that because, you know, not that I needed a reminder in that moment that you have a, a big heart and you care a lot for your job and you care, most importantly, you care about the people that you look after. But like, that was, that was one of the realest moments I've I've seen somebody have with somebody and you were truly heartbroken for them in that moment. And um, yeah, man, I just, it just is, knowing you and I'm trying to paint a picture for everybody listening to, to humanize you more, you know, than, than you're already doing yourself. But like to know that people took you down that way and dragged you through the mud and put you through these situations is, is pretty ridiculous knowing the person that you are and you
2: didn't deserve it at all. Well, that,
1: that, that means everything to me. You know, that person you were talking about, you know mm-hmm. what really broke my heart was this individual said, "Where am I supposed to go? Yeah, where? What am I supposed to do?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I was not expecting that. I was not ready for that. Um, and um, this person was going to their appointments mm-hmm. as instructed.
0: As yeah, exactly. Going
1: to going going to the appointments. Be honest and be and be upfront." with mm-hmm. your, your, you know, your, your, your doctor or whatever. Mental health Yo, provider. To be honest. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell them, tell them everything. Tell them what's, 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 what's on your heart and what's on your mind. This person did exactly that. And then all the information was almost like ammo that the group needed. Dude. And then, it, oh, thank you for being honest. But, um. Exactly. Not I, good enough.
0: No. And I will never forget that situation because, because it made so many of us angry about that and that that situation is a microcosm of of military mental health in in general because so many times you know you you warn people hey it's okay to go get help and you're trying to there's a lot of people that are trying to get rid of that stigma about going and asking for help. And we have a lot of options in the in the military to go and ask for help. Right. You can you can go see you know what's called Mm -hmm. an MFLAC um, a lot of squadrons have somebody embedded now. Um, True North is that organization here. And right. you know, these people, they report only to the commander, like the triad pretty much. And, um, right. and then you have like chaplains and then you have like BHOP, behavioral health and mental health. Right. And I, I'll say this, like I, if, if somebody wants to go seek mental health and they come and talk to me and they say, Hey, I need, I need to do this. I'll always say to them, look. I want you to go and get help. I also just want you to be aware that here's an experience that I've had and here's experiences that I've seen with other people. Just be careful That helps. how you talk because here are, and I always Mm -hmm. tell them, here are other options that after hearing this, you may want to try, but at the end of the day, this is your decision and I support you wherever you want to go. But I want you to know that I have seen somebody... Um, have their traumas weaponized against them and have it Crazy. ruined their career. Yep, that's
1: right. I know and, a couple um, as well. Yeah,
0: exactly. It's just, just so despicable, and I, I hopefully that that's changing. Um, it's just unfortunate that you know that has happened to people, and, and I know I'm sure it still happens to people, but um, right, you know that's that's a whole other conversation for sure. Is military mental health,
1: um, right?
0: But yeah, man, it's that I know uh, you care a lot.
1: I, I appreciate that. And real quick, actually that mm-hmm. person we were just talking about spoke with I spoke with this individual today. Um really? I have that individual's plaque. I have the plaque that mm-hmm. never got.
2: Like, so Oh my god. Wow.
1: I have actually I have it right here on the side. I'll show you That's later. Funny. But um
2: Okay. Uh
1: I just like I need the name, I need your address and everything like that mm-hmm. and um it's been sitting with me for about a year and I completely, I don't know what happened. So much has happened, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I'm going to ship it out. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, ship how funny
0: out. that we ended up talking about that and you had that conversation today, but, um, crazy. So the, this, when you, when you, um, finished your time there, like in Germany and you were dealing with all of this, like what was it like on your way out? Um, did you, did you get, you know, people supporting you. Did you get the going away? Did like, you know, and I know that like everyone, I don't care. I don't want to go away. But like, that's, that typically is what happened. You know, like, were you, was it kind of one of those things where it's like, Hey, Sergeant Harris, it was a pleasure knowing you. Or it was one of those things where it's like, don't let the door hit you or the Lord split you kind of thing.
1: Right. Excuse me. Um, uh, great question. I have to backtrack though, because please, uh, I forgot to add one thing in particular. Okay. The first day, the first day I got back from fly missions, mm-hmm. from fast missions, excuse me, uh, my first day back to the flight and working, mm-hmm. uh, I was told, "Hey, you're working B doc." Like last second, I was supposed to be patrol, and then, okay. like, "Oh, you're working B doc." So run to B doc. I don't even know my my leadership. their brand new leadership, and they're like, "Yeah, Harris, work here." And I'm I'm at the desk, and they're like, "Oh, you need to go upstairs to S one." Mm-hmm. Uh, you need to go upstairs and talk with a couple people because you're about to um you're about to hit your you might have to re enlist or whatever, something like that. Uh okay. you also you eventually need a PCS. And I run upstairs and they don't know me yet. They also don't know okay. my stance on anything.
2: Mm-hmm. So
1: they're looking, they're looking and they go on um one part of the portal, the air force
2: yeah. uh portal,
1: and yep. um they look up the look of uh, one thing in particular, one of one of the documents, and they're like, "Oh, um, you know, eventually you got a PCS, but it looks like you can't do it because since I said no, they froze my PCS status, so I wasn't allowed well, you're to overseas. go overseas. Anyway. They got to send you home anyway. You got to send me home, but they're like, yeah, yeah you're you can't move, man.' Uh, and we don't know when this will be uplifted that we can make some calls and check for what's going on. And uh, okay, so they froze me. All right, bet. So that was uh, October of twenty one. For a whole year, I didn't hear a thing. It was frozen, uh, and for a whole year as well. Remember, they had that meeting
2: mm-hmm. uh, of
1: the decision making. Yeah, I had yeah. to go through two. I had to go through two other levels: Matchcom and Third Air Force. Everybody wow, else is finding took, out. Like, I, I bet that took a long time. <laughs> I'm telling people other people found out a couple of weeks a month mm-hmm. or two a couple months I didn't hear anything
2: That's going ridiculous. into the whole
1: year um mm-hmm. so I'm waiting on that waiting on that information and I can't uh PCS there was uh missions and like PSD missions and stuff I couldn't go on and they were like last minute you know last second oh we need people and it's funny I remember going upstairs and walking past ops mm-hmm. and they're like i'm crazy the timing of this i walk by ops and they're like uh harris can do it he's got everything he's ready to go and they're like oh he doesn't oh never mind no you can't, you can't do it. i was the only one that had everything they needed they were they wow some people couldn't gtc you know what i'm saying the mm-hmm. cards government cards people you didn't have every that box, or, but that one everything some people had things that were expired like cpts mm-hmm. to get them going i was the only yep. one and they're like you nah, can't do because that, so I couldn't go anywhere i couldn't uh, I could go home back and forth home, I couldn't do patrolling, so for a whole year, again, that's where I talked to our friend that like just the mm-hmm. bending part, you know, and they the, say, man yeah, like people are like, hey, keep it up, man, everything good I'm like so you, you know had something's some, not good. you
0: had some people in the squadron kind of like sidebar supporting you as well, oh yeah,
1: yeah, <laughs> at least by by math. You know, okay. sounded good. Always sounds good. You know, you know how that goes. Yeah, lip uh, service. You know, if you if you need anything, let us know, and then I will go yeah. up there.
2: That's uh, I like the go to.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, you need something? Like, yeah, yeah. Like Ex- you, you said, I need something from you. Um, mm-hmm. If you heard anything yet? I've been waiting five, six, seven months now. Yeah. Where are the documents? Where are the emails? Ah, uh, I don't know. Sorry, man. Right. Just want a lollipop? We got some snacks over here. I, you I know, know, right. Behind you on the bowl on the table, you know our famous sticky licky bowl I'm like, just okay, yeah. um, you know do do some jokes for us, you know, you make good voice and do some jokes, I'm like, okay, at this point this 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 gotta stop, so mm-hmm. um for a whole year, and I'm sorry for rambling, so no this is uh, what I want to hear yeah, so october november twenty one meetings waiting, go back to all. October of 2022, Mm -hmm. still haven't heard anything, no emails, no notifications, whether it moved up my, my package or not. Um, at this point, I'm just, I'm just coasting. I'm just going through the motions, you know, here for the, you know, here for the troops or whatever. But other than that, Mm -hmm. I I was just in and out going home or whatever. Um, then I finally hear, Hey, the air force, uh, the almighty air force, they unfroze your, uh, your, uh, TCS status. Um, but by then, since they unfroze it like in the fall, I already missed my window because, you know, overseas all that. Mm. So I'm like, man, that means I'm gonna get the crumbs now, of what people don't want. Yep. So that's exactly what happened. I got, <laughs> I got Effie Warren, and I'm um, like, oh, crap. And this was November, end of October, November timeframe. Yeah. And they said. Hey, you got orders. You got, you got two weeks,
2: two weeks, there. dude. All right. Let me I, say this, bro.
0: Like the first thing that immediately came to my mind was you live off base, untethering yourself from German, German internet, potentially either whether you had gas or you had, you know, electric doing that, your car, mm-hmm. all that mm-hmm. stuff. Tell me what the hell was that like? That's crazy.
1: I hate, I hate, um, you know, uh, not panicking, but I hate like last minute movement. You know what I'm Mm -hmm. saying? And, 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 and FMO. FMO. So Mm -hmm. Germany for three years, Korea Mm -hmm. a year before that. So overseas for four years, this is all I know. Mm -hmm. So, um, boom, they say, okay, you got two weeks. So I'm working the desk and they're literally like, you, we got to pull you like now you got orders, check your email. I checked it. And uh yeah, if you weren't and they're like, Okay, we gotta we gotta ride you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um that's well that's I guess it kind of goes back to your question you asked before. Mm-hmm. Um Luckily the airmen, you know, I love the airmen, and for the most mm-hmm. part, they really love me, which Definitely. made things so much easier, so much better. Mm-hmm. Um and um they're like, Oh so as you're leaving. So like they were kind of scrambling to do something for me. Um and uh that same evening you know, I I found out in earlier in the evening. So mm-hmm. at the end of shift, everybody okay. already knew. So one of the airmen, uh, a couple of the airmen, came up with a a beautiful uh, way of saying thank you. They ran to the commissary, you know, before they closed and had a little uh, icing cake. They said, uh, oh, "Happy PC, happy PCSing." So you know, um, they waited until after I dearmed and everything like that, and uh, they met me outside in the smoke pit area. You know they had the uh, lights of their vehicles like cornered on, so they had uh, uh had the lights on, and um, they gave them a presentation, and uh, I had a chance to speak, and it was
2: just that's cool, man. I see those those are the those are the moments that really make all the bullshit worth it, dude.
1: So like they they just they just they didn't they didn't know like how much that meant to me and uh, you carry
0: that for uh, the rest of your life
1: exactly we we did have a chance to like go to the movies one more time and like mm. um my my flight chief mass sergeant time dope really good guy good. um good he kind of mentored me at the end and like took care of me at the end um and uh you know that really helped me um because the mass sergeant before that wasn't there mm-hmm. that long i I had i had eight mass sergeants you know in my time there dude we we saw a lot of turnover four months rentals Mm -hmm. exactly yeah yeah we
0: saw a lot of turnover and i'll say this man the last two masters that i had before i left there were terrible Mm. i don't
1: care i don't
0: care i'm not gonna say any names but i don't care if they yeah because they are terrible
1: just i understand i understand um and and during that whole year you know uh uh i also forgot to add i had to go to that mass sergeant uh, once, twice a tour. So, um, it might have been a twice a tour to go okay. and get my... Oh. You know, since I was the, one of the, uh, the lepers in the unclean, gotta get right, back from, exactly. a unser, from an uncertified doctor, you know what I'm saying? Who, yeah, totally. Checked it, checked, yeah, check Air Force this. cop. Yep. <laughs> yep, the line this, says no. The, <laughs> this is the way. You know, <laughs> thank you. It's exactly. Like, and I'm like... Uh, had to do that every coming
0: down from the bell tower. Did he do it? Did he do it? Oh, my. Exactly.
1: Uh, so I had to do that every Monday, every Tuesday. And then mm-hmm. one day I was like, I'm, sorry, I'm not doing it anymore. I'm not doing it. I, I cannot do this nonsense anymore. But we're, we're on you know, so much for health and safety. Where are the doctors from Larm C or from medical? Why aren't mm-hmm. they here conducting the test with me? Mm-hmm. He's like, dude, I... You know what if you don't want to do it I like, right, no I'm not doing it anymore well that's that was, cool that was least. just another wrinkle to that so yeah very mm-hmm. very
2: helpful very helpful but
1: my last mass sergeant was great and Good. um it was scramble it was it was hectic but with God's help um uh I also didn't see my family for 3 years cuz I couldn't go overseas you know what I'm saying so that's I couldn't true, go man. back to the states so for 3 years um I you know and but God is so good. It had to you know, be really as tough,
2: dude.
1: It was it was emotionally it was draining. It was draining because also had a sister. I won't say her name, but mm-hmm. she was good. she did the same thing like me. Wow. Said no. Said no. Um, she went through more hell than I did with her leadership. They are, were. Are you
0: willing to like explain a little bit, like what happened? Is that okay? okay?
1: Yeah. So we both at almost the same time said we're mm-hmm. we're not going to do this. And yeah, yeah. Um, she was in the D.C. area. Uh-huh. And uh, oh, you want to talk Couldn't about, you, talk about that. you know, I'm talking about ah, ah, the people, everyone's hair is on fire. You know, the swamp, mm-hmm. you know, the people of the swamp <laughs> over there, uh, right. you know, just people were losing their mind. But again, God, it was God's goodness and grace that guided her. Um, mm-hmm. And she actually went. Um, yep. They said, oh, oh, yeah, we're going to kick you out. Like you're saying no. Who do you think you are? Uh, but she went through one of the, uh, um, the councils at the time that was fighting mm-hmm. for uh, military members for their rights. That's she said, awesome. I'm going to join this group. She joined this group, and they were not playing games. They were going to the throat of, of, of the government, but also the military as well, mm-hmm. the Joint chief of Staff. They were attacking them you know, for, for the way they treated us and how they mm-hmm. were attacking our rights. Mm-hmm. And um, she was holding on, holding on, holding on. Like me, didn't hear anything for a while, but hers was a lot quicker than me. She did the same route, religious route, and they went through all the levels. They said, "No, you're done." I you're just want to say, real quick,
0: with that, that
2: I I did not have not seen a single person get a uh, exemption approved. Hello. Yeah. Hello. I think we had a we got disconnected for a second, but I was just
0: saying that I did not see yeah. a single person get a religious exemption approved at all. I don't. I mean, if, if somebody else knows or you know somebody, but I know several people that tried that route and no one yes. got a yes.
1: So I would like to say Air Force. Sig mm-hmm. had five. Really,
2: I bet we could nine, look that up. But
1: yeah, it was single digits. Mm-hmm. It was single digits.
0: Um, yeah. And, Dude, so when I when I was in Montana, this was before all this craziness, um, I had a troop that that tried to get a religious religious exemption for the flu vaccine, and he was a new airman, and it was okay. uh, again like kind of going back to what you were talking about about like getting vaccines before, right? Like obviously mm. when you go to when you go to basic training, you would never graduate basic training if you didn't get all the shots it made you get right? exactly,
2: um, exactly,
0: but. That first winter, when they go and make you um do that, he refused, and it took about a year. But he's the only person I've ever seen get a religious exemption. Um, but wow. when it came time for him to uh, reenlist, they didn't want to right. let him reenlist, and um, right, because it's a it's the commander's decision. Ultimately, you can't just do it; it has to be a recommendation. And, um, but anyway, he's the that's only right. person I've seen get that, but it was, it was his first year in the air force and it was the first time he'd been told you have to go get the flu vaccine. Cause that's what everybody has to do, you know? Right. And, um, right. But, uh, anyway, yeah, that's the only person I've ever seen get one approved.
1: Wow. Mm-hmm. No, this was I, like 20, 2014, maybe,
0: something like that. Yeah. Oh,
1: wow. So oh, yeah, this is, a, okay. this is
0: a long while ago, like 10 years now, I guess almost, but
1: yeah. But I'd
0: I'd love to to capture her story and, you know, what happened and hear from her, especially working alongside of a a group that has some legal weight behind it. Because I know that there are a few few groups and a lot of them are from like the more high profile military communities. Like I've seen very much the the Navy SEALs, some of the SEALs um, have some representation and are are trying to. Yeah. And um, right. you know, so what? What um, having been Air Force Global Strike Command myself for a long time, okay, yeah. And for everybody listening, Global Strike is um just a, another name for Matchcom. But the mission set that Matt Matt has there at FE is the same one that I had when I was in Montana. Um,
2: right.
0: And just knowing to use your your term, everybody's hair is on fire all the time there, and it's it's a no fail mission, and everything has right. to be perfect all the time. Right. What sort of reception did you have? Because cause, cause you, your losing commander, had to talk to your gaining commander. Right?
1: Yes, sir. So that's right. What
0: sort of reception did you have when you got to FE and what's it been like since?
1: Right, right. Good question. So uh, remember, I told you that I didn't see my family in mm-hmm. three years. Mm. So luckily, coming back to the States, it was, had a lot of leave. <laughs> God, the user loop was looking kind of good. You know, yeah, it was yeah. almost borderline illegal. It was almost borderline illegal. <laughs> right, right. So uh, I was able to take user lose to my family, you know, for Christmas, New Year's, all that. So it was That's wonderful. the most amazing time. Mm-hmm. But during that time, up to that point, I didn't hear anything about my status. I still didn't hear anything about... Mm. Where my paperwork was, the last thing I heard was that my documentation was missing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and that legal couldn't find it, and it was in some master sergeant's office in the third air force. It was a mess. Yeah. So I'm like, God, I I, I don't know what games they're playing. I'm mm-hmm. just gonna trust you with this. Only thing I can do. Yeah, yeah. So one of the techs from Germany. You know him very well. He just retired. He uh, uh he called me. Another good dude. He said another another epic OG, just amazing Mm. guy. OG for real, yeah. OG, and he called me. He said, hey, hope you're enjoying your leave with your family, but I got some news for you. Uh, Your paperwork was routed all the way up, and it was denied. Just want to let you know that. Um, Also want to let you know, you just said it, uh, your losing commander is giving all the information to your gaining commander. So, Mm. uh, I don't know what's going to happen next, but basically it's happening now as we speak so good luck. And I'm with Shit. my family like well, we found our answer. Yeah. We found our answer um this is going to be this is going to be crazy. So but you had a
0: lot of anxiety about it.
1: Oh man and but luckily, you know, my mom a prayer warrior lo- loves God, loves family and everything so you know just got to give it to the Lord, that's it. Yeah. So I go I go um there to fe january of this year mm-hmm. um don't know anybody which doesn't help you know so i'm kind of i'm you know, just going in there and um so um i was supposed to you know every every time you uh you get to a new base you got to meet your you know, your commander
0: mm-hmm. especially <laughs> there you have to
1: especially there you have to you have mm-hmm. no choice exactly in mm-hmm. order to, be to continue on yep so um It has to bless has to bless you. Go forth mm-hmm. and serve the missile field, my children. Mm-hmm. Um, the uh, the com- uh, the commander, great dude from the south. Good. Everyone loves him. Really cool dude. Supposed to meet with him. The day I'm supposed to meet with him, he has some other engagement.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So the other person that spoke with me was a captain, and um, we he, we had a conversation. I was going to ask him questions about the status of my stuff. But that was going to be for the commander. But since he wasn't available, the uh, officer at of the time, um, we were having, you know, he gave me the, the rundown of the mission and what to expect. Mm-hmm. Nothing. I don't think he knew my stuff. Right. He didn't know right. my status. It, it might not have been passed on to him. Just business so, as
0: usual,
2: basically. Just
1: business as usual. Go ahead and go on mm-hmm. from there. So and um, never came up. Mm -hmm. and even to this very day not once not once uh but what i was curious so it got so what i was curious though like you know all hell was breaking loose in germany like what the heck happened over here so i'm like i'm i'm kind of like waiting for the right time to like ask some questions and uh one of my troops uh not currently but the time uh, mm-hmm. one of my troops also said no. So okay. I'm like, yo, what, what was it like? Like, what, what happened?
2: She said, oh, over here, when I said no, they said, okay, you got five days. You don't have
1: if you don't make your decision five days, you're getting out of the military.
2: Mm-hmm. You're done. Sounds about
1: but right. We're not playing games over here. So she held out for a little while, and eventually she had no choice. And once they said that, she got it. So I'm like,
2: man, I'm like,
1: bro, yeah, just, ru- just ruthless. So she wanted nothing to do with it. She got it begrudgingly, um, um, but it was bad over there. There was a lot mm-hmm. of, yeah, very, very bad over there.
2: I believe it. That did. I,
0: There was, um, so there was a girl that I was deployed with in Africa who went to, ironically, um, from Germany to another. She went to Malmstrom, and um, mm. she also said no, and just listening. She told me a little bit about like what she went through and it's crazy, man. Like they, they tried to like confine her on base. They tried to, they did the whole, the whole dog and pony show about losing your career. Um, you know, just try to take away like her status, um, to like, to like post and, um, it just, you know, it's crazy. Like she, I, and I, and I'll say this, man, like, I'm trying to explain this in a way that like people could understand, but unless you've been to these places and unless you've like lived this experience, you can't really just get like the feeling I'm trying to, to, to emote and explain to people. But like, Mm -hmm. just try to imagine that you are now the world's biggest piece of shit and everyone will remind you at all times how much you're letting everyone down and how you single-handedly are the, the, the pebble in the cogs, stopping the clock from telling the time. And, you know, how mm. anytime there's an opportunity for you to lose your off time, it'll happen. You know, it's just these are, these are conditions that anybody who – even the toughest of people – the mental health right. effect that will have on you is, is massive. And right. I was, you know, I lived there, I was stationed in, in, in Montana for eight years. And mm. there were some times that I had there that were just intense and ridiculous and unnecessary and unnecessary, mm-hmm. I, you know, I'll get, you know, to foot stomp unnecessary. And so just to know, like having to live, I, I be at one of those bases during that. I know like just the extra on top of everything, and it's it's same, but different for for you being being overseas because there's all these extra additional pressures um that both places had that are unique to both of those places you know like FE right. and in there at bogaway but
2: right.
0: the the unit we were at in Germany is such a proud unit, and it has a lot of reason to be proud um because of its of very unique mission set um and uh just kind of how old that unit is. And um mm-hmm. to, to be called the last SP squadron, you know, in the Air Force is is a big deal. And the people who are Air Force, you know, will understand why that's a big deal. And um mm-hmm. it, it, so there's a lot of pride that exists. And so if you are tarnishing that image, you are the enemy. And so, you know, I feel like, and I have seen that come up in conversations about people before. So, you know, I, I'm sure right. that that, that got thrown around, whether behind closed doors or in your face, you know, when you were still in Germany. So.
1: Yeah, it, it did. And like you said, it just everywhere it turned, you know, um, and they're like, Oh, obviously you can't go to the Christmas party. Cause I, you know, I was going to DJ and everything like that. Um, <sighs> it was funny. I had to work, you know, we were at the holiday schedule mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, yeah, I worked a holiday schedule, and the day before, you know, everyone went to the Christmas party, mm-hmm. and everybody everybody got sick. Everybody got sick. So for the, for the first day of our holiday schedule,
2: mm-hmm.
1: there was, like, 10 people missing. Everybody had COVID. And oh, uh, they all went to the, the Christmas party. They all vaxxed up, ready to go, and they all got, like, bad, really, really ill. Damn. And um, I'm just like, that's that's crazy. And they're mm-hmm. like, "Oh, Harris, you're not. Dang, you're not going." I'm like, you "No, know, you know, I would want to. Of course, yeah, I would yeah. like to go. I just, Absolutely. certain things. I certain things, I just can't. I can't go now."
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then the next day, they like, my leadership. Some of them were there and they were sick. I'm like, "You know, hey guys, how you doing? They're like, uh, maybe we. <laughs>
0: they tried to blame you. <laughs> maybe.
1: No, like, half of them were like, maybe you're onto something, Harris. You know, maybe, maybe oh, you... <laughs> sure. maybe you did maybe you did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and." Well, uh,
0: That's definitely become, I think a lot of the, the environment now. Um, there's a lot of people that I know who could honestly regret getting it. And I'll just, again, being real with you, like I I wish I didn't at the time, I'll explain my decision. Right. So at the time when I, when I got it, I got it because I thought I was doing the right thing as far as like getting vaccinated for people's benefit. Um, you know, my wife and I, you know, my wife, you guys were Edwards together. and uh yeah we thought we were doing the right thing and we got it before it was mandatory um right and uh but i i i got i got the ones i was required to get so the first and second shot um and uh travis the ones that we had there were are the moderna ones so that was the one i ended up getting so but um anyway you know there are a Mm -hmm. lot of people i know that that got it that you know wish that they didn't and um you know, it's, it's interesting because they're, they're still like, I, like you said before, I can't blame anybody for still going and, and getting, that's, that's totally okay. And I'm okay right. with that. And, you know, right. if that's how you feel and that's and when you look at what, you know, what's out there, the info that's out there and you know, you're like, okay, I you know I feel and trust this and okay. You know what I mean? I, I'm not, that's, I'm not mad at anybody for doing it and I'm not mad at anybody for yeah. not doing it. And, you right. know, and, and, and in total honesty, like I said, dude, I I look up to you for, for, for not because, and it's not even, I I look up to you for not getting it. I look up to you for having some principles and sticking to them. You know what I mean? And I do, I mean, I do, I wish now knowing what I know or feeling like I know what I know, right. That I I Mm -hmm. would have not gotten it. Right. So I look up to you in that way. But I, what I mean is, is that I think that what you did by sticking up for what you believe in, in the face of that, you know, that monster essentially that the military can be when it comes to stuff like that is, you know, you have, have to have an unshakable will for sure. And, you know, I know several people who, who said no, and they all still are in and they all still, you know, are serving. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, I, I do know that, you know, one of them, well, I say one of them is out now, um, but she didn't right. really have a She didn't really have a choice in that, so to speak. Right. Um, right. But uh, it's just, I don't and never understood why people treated others the way they did for saying no or saying yes. You know what I mean? I, I right. I'm not calling anybody dumb for for doing it or not doing it. I'm not threatening to not invite you over for christmas or a birthday party or whatever because of this i'm not saying oh well you can't see your grandkids or you can't see my children because you're not this you know and those are things that those are very real things people said to 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 each other and it's just it's crazy how fast us as humans will will turn on each other and and make decisions like that and say things to people and that's um, right you right. know, I guess, I guess fear and peer pressure, really, that's what it is, you know, is, is peer pressure from the media and, and everywhere else uh, right. will we'll, will make people do a lot of crazy things, man. And it's unfortunate. And I think it really has, it probably has, has created a lot of division in, in families and realizing uh, like, uh, who you are when, yeah, who you are when the, the, the shit hits the fan, and what type of person you are, and you right. know, it's just it's it has changed us in our generation who lived through this permanently, oh, and um, you know, it's it makes me wonder, like if I could talk to somebody who went through like the Spanish flu and mm. what what that was like for them, and just have a conversation about these things like the personal interactions nice and the family, the familial relationships, the friendships, you know, the work environments, all these things, just like wondering what it was, was like, I, I would be really interested to, to draw comparisons and then and listen to contrast because I have a mm. feeling that there's probably a lot of comparisons and in, in that, like the way the dynamic in relationships has changed. Um, because I know certainly for me and like my interaction with some friends and then some family members has changed. And it's like, it's always, it's the elephant in the room, so to speak. You That's know what right. I mean?
1: And I would prefer right.
0: it wasn't and to talk about the elephant and move on. But not everybody right. is like that.
1: That's right. Um, and, and, and even when you brought up like, you know, those, those decisions we had to make at the time. Like mm-hmm. for me, looking back, I think it was almost it was easier for me to say no in a lot of ways because I didn't have kids, mm-hmm. I wasn't married. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think if I was, if I had kids, if I was married, or you know, a girl, you whatever, were the like, provider. I, I think my decision might have been different. -hmm. Because uh, there was one person at at our squadron, he was a senior master sergeant, Mm -hmm. really good dude. um, But he was getting close to retirement, Mm -hmm. and he had multiple kids, um, and uh, he was getting so close. And they were like, "That would be a shame, you know. If you want to, you know, you don't want to lose everything you worked so so hard for. You know what I'm saying? Like, it would be a shame if it all just went away. If all went away, and it's going to be your fault." And this person held out, held out, held out. And then when, when there was nowhere to go, this person said, I got to do it for my family. And, and was Mm -hmm. the most, and was completely upset. And I'm like, you know, I like
0: he compromised himself.
1: He felt like he, it felt like he, he, he looked so disgusted and hurt. And like, I wonder if he will ever forgive himself. And I hope he will, Mm. you know, at the same time, but. Like I had one of my buddies held out, held out, held out. One of my best buddies, you know him, um, uh, held out. And then he's like, listen, I got a family, man. Mm -hmm. I'm like, don't do it for me, bro. Like I respect you either way. I love you either way, man. Nothing will ever change what decision you make. Nothing will change how I think about you. Okay. Um, And part of me is like, yeah, I think it was a lot easier for me because I didn't have other responsibilities like that. Mm -hmm. In my opinion.
0: I agree with you. And it's scary too, when you think about it like this, like we all have reasons for doing the things that we do and not to take it too dark in this conversation, but there's been a lot of other times over history where there was pressure to do things that in in groups of people that compromise their beliefs and the ways, you know, that they justified those behaviors. Mm -hmm. I'm sure a lot of them were like, I have a family. I don't want to, I can't let anything happen to me or I can't let anything happen to my family you know, and the sorts of control that they have over you because these, the family system is so ingrained in us as human beings. We're pack animals, so to speak. You know what I mean? It plays on the most, you know, visceral parts of us, family, children, all these things. And it's like, these are, these are the mechanisms that are used against you to get you to do things that you wouldn't want to do and don't want to do. And that, you know, affect other people negatively. And unfortunately, like, this isn't a situation like, you know, deciding that one race or one religion is bad and they must be eradicated, right? That's not what happened here. But some of those mm-hmm. same mechanisms that people use to justify, you know, doing something that goes against their moral compass, you know, those things have real power and they, they make it easier to kind of understand how, how humans and, civ- you know, civilizations are like you know, groups of people get to that point where it's too late yeah. and the bad thing is happening. And that's it's right. it's things like, I need to take care of my family that, that kind of placate people. And you know, they, they make people do things that they wouldn't want to otherwise do. And they put their head down and they be quiet. And, and this isn't exactly that situation, right? And I want people to understand, I'm not saying that that's what this is, but that's exactly how it happens.
1: And and that's it, how it starts.
0: It's kind of, it no, is. That's and that's kind of a taste of, of that. I feel like how many, how many people, you know, in, during, you know, the rise of, you know, of the, the Nazi party in Germany, were just like, well, I'm just going to keep my head down because I don't want anything to happen to my family. Right.
1: And, that's, and that's right.
0: it makes me think of that quote where, um, and I'm going to butcher the crap out of it, but it's like, I didn't, where it's like, I didn't speak up for that group, you know, because it didn't affect me. And then I didn't speak up for that group because it didn't affect me. And then it was happening to me. There was no one left to speak up and it's, you know, and I paraphrase the hell out of that, but it's, it's true. You know, it thank goodness that there are people like you willing to, to say no and stand up for your principles. Thank goodness that there are people like, um, you know, the, the, the female friend we're talking about to stand up and, and go through and willingly go through the, the ringer to, to not, be a part of something that they truly don't believe in. And I'll say this too, man, like I'm getting out after 14 years in the military. And when I tell people, like I tell people that they look at me like I'm insane
2: and it <laughs> is crazy, dude.
0: Even, even my yeah. like, right. And, and and it's true, right. It is kind of crazy. And you know, my dad, my dad's retired. And you know, mm. I, when I told him that he's like, dude, what are you doing? Like you have one more enlistment and you'll be done. You know, like think he's like, think how quick six years is going to go. And I would be lying to you and everybody else if I said the way that this is played out, this specific right. situation, isn't a right. large factor in why I'm willing to walk away. Because yes, I'm not. It doesn't sit right with me principle wise. It doesn't sit right with me. Um, my belief systems and principles have to be and remain principles under pressure. And right. you know, I I can't in good conscience exist in this environment. Because it, it goes against what I think and how I think. And if this yeah. is, you know, this is, we are that group of people that they'll come to first for, for that sort of like fall in line, do exactly what you're told thing. Right. And I'm all for that in specific things, right? Somebody attacks our country. I need you to, to, to charge that machine gun nest, you know, because yeah. Okay. That's fine. That's, I will do that. But there's just certain things where I'm like, this doesn't, this isn't the, the, the air force I joined. This isn't the air force that I I want to let have control over me. And this isn't the, yes. the things that I believe in that I'm going to sit here and uphold. Yeah. And that really is. And that's the first time I've really talked about that on here. Um, wow. you know, Zach and I have had conversations about it before. Right. And when I, right. you know, when I separate. Finally, um, I'll, I'll have like a more in-depth conversation about it, but like it, it is, it's truthfully, there's just some moral obligations, um, or not moral obligations, but like moral, um, things that I object to that I yes. don't want to be a part of anymore, essentially. And, um, I love so it. that's why after 14 years, you know, I, I am, I'm saying, no, I'm hanging up my uniform, you know, and I'll be proud. That I that I did this, and I'm, I'm glad that I did, and I'm thankful for everything it's right. provided for me and my family, and the experience everybody has in the military has positives and ne- positives and negatives, absolutely. That's Right. And we've talked about a lot of negatives, and we have mentioned a lot of positives as well. Mm-hmm. And I would not tell anybody, you know, to to take my experience and use just my experience as your impetus for joining or not joining. That's right. See for yourself. That's right. And the that's Air right. Force and the military in general has a lot of things that it can provide you and a way to make your life better, dude. And that's that's how I grew up. That's how my dad made a living. That's the reason why you know right. we had the things we had as a kid. And I knew that it could provide those things for my family when I had one. Right. And you know, so there's some great things about it. Go find. Don't listen to me. Go find out for yourself. That's right. But that's that's where that's, right. that's my stance and what I believe in.
1: So wow. that's
2: why. That's why I am. Wow. Wow.
1: That, I I appreciate you explaining that that is as powerful like um like i said i have a twin that's serving mm-hmm. i have um my cousin he retired during covid out of mm-hmm. um the army 14 15 years as a ranger you know 375th mm-hmm. um I couldn't even go to his his retirement cuz of covid
2: mm-hmm. that
1: that really made me upset um but served with utmost honor and dignity mm-hmm. like My mom served like um, I I just I'm so I'm so proud and I'm so proud to have met people like yourself, you know, um, that still have a moral compass. Mm -hmm. Um, And like I said, like I've been very blessed, you know, I have five continents. You know, I met wonderful people, done some really cool things. But at the same time, I still have this tug of war within myself. I tell people, I'll I'll leave right now. You wouldn't dare. You wouldn't dare. And this is, I was having this battle within of staying in, getting out. But before this all happened, before COVID, mm-hmm. I was like, I don't know about this anymore. I'm not feeling it. This only mm-hmm. cemented my case. Like, mm-hmm. listen, I don't need the military. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't. Like, I, If I was to walk away, in, that my contract ends to 25. Mm -hmm. If I was to walk away, I would not hesitate.
2: I don't have, what year would you be at?
1: It would be 13 for that. 13. So right about where I'm at. Right about where you're at. I have, I don't owe the military anything else. Mm -mm. I don't. And, uh, and also I've realized who we really are, you know, like, exactly. uh, Spending time overseas, meeting, seeing the the different people, talking to different people that, you know, you've experienced, and I'm yeah. like, dang! I wonder why. Wonder why we're so like hated and so I'm like, no, why do people not like us? Mm-hmm. And then as time has gone on, I'm like, oh, do I really the want to serve? The becomes clear. It becomes very, very clear. And first off, I worked for a company that didn't even want me, anyways. Mm-hmm. So it's like, it kicked out eight to nine thousand people. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm, I'm. Uh, you know, there was one uh, senior master sergeant at my first base. He had a defensive fortress ring. He would kiss it. I'll die for this. I'll I'll do anything for this. I'm like, good for you. Like that's out of that's out of pocket. People take themselves
0: (laughs) way too seriously.
1: You know what I'm saying? Like, calm down. He worked in ops. you
2: know, I'll
1: die for this. I'm like, would I really die for that? You know what I'm saying? Like, is (laughs) it really that? Maybe you know, I'm new to this. I was a A one C at the time, so like, you know, I'm still trying to learn. Like, what the heck is going on? But it's like. Looking at now, I'm like, would I, would I give my life for my country? I would. I Absolutely.
2: Would.
1: But it's like, for, but for what though? Do you really do you know, know I mean? that they,
2: if if you put in a
0: situation that you really mm-hmm. know that you are, you know what I mean? And that's, that's that where, you are. that's, that's my dilemma on the inside is, is believing in everything that we do. And Again, dude, like and not to get like too dark in this conversation, but like who are right. the first, what's the first group of people in the military they're going to go to, to enforce stuff on other military members, cops, right? Cops. And you'll be the first person to get asked to do shit that you don't believe in. And I guess part of me wants to get ahead of being asked to do something. And I'm not saying that this is ever going to happen, right? I'm not saying that I'm not saying it has happened. Mm-hmm. but i don't want to be put in a position where somebody asks me to compromise myself or compromise somebody else's constitutional rights or group of people's constitutional rights and have to make the decision between doing it and not doing it and not doing it That's and right. the 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 you know the repercussions of that and, smart yeah and i'm Get ahead of you it. know i i think exactly dude like and like you said before, like you don't need the military and that's a weird thought because we have all kind of, especially if you if you grew up a military brat like me, there's like another layer to it, but, All of us were really taught that this is what you need. And how many times have you had a conversation with somebody and and talked about getting out, especially if you're talking to like a senior NCO, right? And they're like, oh, I don't know, man, you're probably not going to find a job and you're probably not going to get paid and you're probably not the blah, blah, blah. And there are a lot of benefits the military offers to you that a lot of jobs don't, right? right? And one of those is paid leave, right? You get 30 days a year and that's not something that a lot that most jobs offer and most jobs don't that's offer right. you free education and all these that's things. Right. right. So there's some amazing things that the military can do for you, but right. you can still live and exist outside <laughs> of it. And it's just, a that's a weird thing to try to come to huh. grips with. And, um, it's something I'm like kind of grappling with now is like understanding, like, right. you know, cause this really is all I've known my whole life. You know, I grew up on Force right. spaces. And so it's just right. kind of weird in general, but, you know, like you said, man, like somebody told me this one time and said, you know, this is about like taking advantage of all the things that you have afforded to you, like going and get your education, all that. Get everything mm-hmm. that the military will get give you because they're going to get everything out of you that it wants. Sure I do. And, and so – take care of yourself, go get that education while you're in, you know, take advantage of going to those schools that you want to, that, you know, maybe if you want to be a cop on the outside, you want to go do SWAT, you know, maybe you go to air assault or maybe you go to SRT or whatever, you know, and Mm you do the, Mm -hmm. do it, you know, the air force is going to pay you to do it and you're going to be way better at your job for it. You know, there's some amazing things, you know, but it's just, yeah, we've reached that point. I think for me where I'm like questioning Am I still believing in this or not? And the answer is no, unfortunately. And um, but anyway, you know, that's 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 my outlook on on that, you know. And um so it sounds like you you're going to separate then um in twenty twenty five. Is that what you're saying?
1: So we'll see, because I i never worked nukes before until I got here. Mm-hmm. Ten years, LE LE and ABD, air Base defense, and mm-hmm. um this is still kind of new territory for me um when i first got here it was like you know it was all chinese the terminology you know the missions i I didn't understand anything now it's spanish it's it's more it's more easier now you Mm. know to understand um what's happening huge learning curve i i struggled when i first got here i really struggled but
0: Dude, and, and learning you. that stuff, you have to know it verbatim. It's not like other places where you can give the gist of an answer. It's like I want right. this as it is in black and white in this paper.
1: That's right. That's right. And the airmen really yeah. helped me out. It was the airmen that, like, Bro. been there three, four, five years. They they know Dude. everything about it. I used and to I'm tell like,
0: so many NCOs what? that were that were new to flight from other bases. I'm like, listen. The best, the best friend you're going to have to learn all this craft at the at the base level to, to establish that foundation to start learning the more advanced stuff. Go talk to the senior airman that wants sitting in right. the alarm monitor's office or whatever, because those are the dudes that these these cats that have been in for three years or whatever. They're the SMEs, man. Yeah. Subject matter experts. They really are. And so when you you say that, i laugh because there's a really good friend of mine, you know, and uh, maybe I'll pull this clip out and just send it to him. Yeah, he's still in the Air Force, but I mm-hmm. was uh, the area supervisor in the WSA when he made my flight. And um, so okay. I had to train him and I was a staff and he was a tech. OK, and he's mm-hmm. you know, he's like, I'm going to stick to you like glue, bro. Like I need to learn this stuff. And I'm like, look, I'll teach you this job because they want you to do this job. But like, you need to go spend some time with the airmen because here it's tiered, right? It's like math. You have to understand subtraction Mm -hmm. and addition to do division and multiplication. And you have to understand those things to do algebra, right? That's what, that's what it is, man. It's the base level, the the intermediate and then the expert mode, right? The X games. Right. Right. And, um, You know, I'm like, dude, you need to go talk to those people. You need to go talk to those people, and uh, he'll remember, I'm sure. Like, I'm just like, hey, I'll see you later. I'm gonna go take care of our checks. You sit here and talk to Airman Snuffy because that's who's gonna give you that basic, basic, you know, info. So that's That's funny that you say that because that's that is 150 percent the truth.
1: That's
3: right.
1: I
0: used to say too, man, that I would put up some of the senior airmen that I used to work with there to do jobs over some of the senior NCOs I've met at other bases because they're just it's the level. Yeah, it's, it is man. The, 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 level, uh, in expectation and the no fail that they go through, they they like, there's nobody with a harder work ethic. There just isn't, you know? So, and I'm sure you see that.
1: They are the backbone. Mm-hmm.
2: They're the backbone. Oh, yeah. Really, The backbone. Oh,
1: yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, um, learning how to be even young supervisors as well. Mm-hmm. So, um, the troop I was telling you about that went through a lot at FSC mm-hmm. when COVID hit, she was working as a staff sergeant, never had a, a there was no supervisor that was a staff above her. So mm-hmm. for a year, so for a whole year, she's a supervisor, has like eight or nine troops working in the FSC yep. office, yep. killing it, uh, athlete of the year, volunteer of the year, boom, mm-hmm. boom, 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 boom. Still got in the middle of her. Yep. EPR which is mind blowing I, dude, beyond mind blowing but yeah. Uh,
0: dude hard I had a, yeah there was a there was an NCO on another flight who I was um friends with at, at one of my bases I was at and um he got the NCO of the year like he was the award for the squadron NCO Sheesh. of the year and yeah. did not even get a uh, promotion statement. I was like, how is this person, <laughs> just, the NCO of the year, and got... Like, even... just, <laughs> I, th- those don't make any sense. You said, he's, you said he's the best, right? Like, on did paper, he CC... says he's the best. Yeah.
2: Did he have a CCF? CCAM?
0: I think God so. God forbid. I, think, I know, right? God. If you don't have that, you know. But no, it's it's just that I remember laughing about that. Like, you said, the commander, you said, he's the nco of the year he's the best in the squadron (laughs) but not for promotion like what how does that make any sense like was this his consolation prize? you know what i mean like hey bro you were fourth you were actually fourth but uh we're gonna give this to you so you feel better you know yeah really weird that's crazy dorky stuff that doesn't make any sense you know but anyway man um I really, really appreciate you coming on and sharing this story. I want to ask you before, you know, we, yeah. we, uh, shut it down, but is there anything that like a conversation you have with somebody, you know, or, or something else that maybe we didn't get a chance to talk about, um, before, you know, that you want to mention, you know, maybe a difficult conversation or a situation that happened, you know, revolving this or something just, I just you know, we, in the midst of talking, kind of forget what we wanted to say in that moment.
2: Maybe there was something important for you that you Excuse wanted to me. say. That's a, that's a great question. um No, it, it's just been such a blessing. um And and like,
1: you know, rehashing, reliving, you know, our time that we had together. um mm-hmm. uh, And um, yeah, going back to that first mission how everything changed for me, and uh, also yeah, forgot cool. to add uh, when uh, before I went on. Yeah, before uh, mm-hmm. I did fast uh, when the very first like COVID things started popping up. Mm-hmm. You know, like the the little uh the little Park Pulaski Park, the mm-hmm. little Pulaski Park. Mm-hmm. I, I remember uh, it was me, one of our uh, our uh, our ZPs that you know, mm-hmm. two ZPs, two of our ZPs that worked on our flight. Epic, mm-hmm. amazing guys. Mm-hmm. We were playing out soccer out in the field. Okay, you know there was five. There was five of us. You know, like oh, okay, five. You know, no more.
0: I, I know yeah. exactly what you're about <laughs> to say, dude. I go, no, go ahead, dude. This is the dumbest yeah, shit ever.
1: Yeah. Oh, uh, that's when everything. That's when it first started happening. Like, mm-hmm. Dang like, This is people are really taking this seriously. Somebody they're playing somebody outside like of fresh fun yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's too many of you. Five of you. Way too many. And uh, they On called the open
3: soccer pitch.
1: Up, pitch, they called the patrols out there, and uh, that's when I thought, well, it's over for me because now I won't be able to go and do any uh, flyway missions because mm-hmm. I see this on my record. I'm a criminal, and um,
3: I remember. Luckily,
1: that, we were there for like an hour, just sitting there waiting. On, hey, we gotta call – We gotta call this. Like, mm-hmm. Just, just at this point, bro. Just, all right. right. What, what's the verdict?
0: Just read me my rights, dude.
1: Yeah. Just read me my rights, and then finally, after an hour, you know, like, okay, well. We're gonna let you guys go. Yeah. Oh, really, Gee. Man. You know, uh, so that's stupid. When it, that's when it all happens. <laughs> playing outside.
0: Playing
3: outside. Soccer
1: was really over.
0: For real, man. Over over some soccer around a bunch of pine trees, cleaning the air. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, makes no sense. I forgot about that until now,
3: dude. I, that's, forgot, I
1: literally I literally forgot about it until I just, you know, I I was, just thought of it now. Somebody would knock it. <laughs> no, I was in the fun.
0: flight chief's office. I was in the flight <laughs> office when that, like, got that phone call. And I just remember oh. how, like, unnecessarily angry our flight chief was <laughs> if this situation was going on. I just remember being like, we're really making this a big deal. You know what I mean? I just, that, again, I'm glad you said that because I this just is, thought this, of is it. The, this is the dumb <laughs> crap that people were getting lambasted over is playing soccer outside with five other people that's anyway. Yep. That's, that's, that's the most air force thing ever for sure.
1: (laughs) But it was members on army side. So they're like, it was army's going to crucify these
0: people. Us (laughs) or them? You know what I mean? That's what we're trying to figure out. Not that, not if this makes sense or not. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Dumb. Well, uh, (laughs) we can have a whole ass another conversation about a lot of the other dumb crap, but, um, Thank you so much, man, for coming on and sharing your story. Uh, like I said at the beginning of this, I really wanted people to hear um from you you know and i I exist in this space online and I look at, at what a lot of the other military content creators put out there and there's some people that talk about this, um, but I've never really heard somebody's like testimonial, so to speak, about you know how it felt and the sort yeah. of treatment they got you know you got othered really fast over this, and a lot of people did. And, mm-hmm. you know, that's not okay, but these sorts of things, and they happen in the the unique um, environment that the military is, it becomes really fast to other people. And we're really good at othering people yeah. in the military. And, um, you know, so I, I think it's, it's really important, not just for other people who may be listening that are veterans or actively serving to hear what you went through, because I know a lot of us kind of wondered what people who were saying no or dealing with, you know. And um
2: right.
0: It's really important for people that don't have that experience of being in or being a veteran to hear yeah. that side of things because right. it provides a perspective on a unique community of people and you had an even more unique experience within that unique community, right? And so mm-hmm. this sort of this this topic is such a hot-button issue. And this topic is something that is incredibly important still to a lot of people. And I understand why, you know, and we don't even have to have a conversation about where it all began and who did this and who said what and what was real and what wasn't or whatever, you know, I just really wanted to capture your story and the crap that you went through. So people understand like, this is how quickly someone can get othered for a decision that they made on their own volition, when mm-hmm. the the nature of everything else around it is trying to force something else. And it's dangerous. And it exists in that that spectrum we talked about of where people will begin to justify going along with the flow and saying, I've got a family, you know, so I'll let this mm-hmm. happen, you know. And mm-hmm. this isn't one of those situations like, you know, Like, like in Nazi Germany, I know that's like always everybody's go to thing, you know, or let's just say, you know, Russian pogroms against the Jewish community, right? You know, whatever crazy stuff you want to talk about, this isn't one of those situations. But I'll tell you what, it could have ruined your career, you could have gotten kicked out, they could have made that decision to do something worse to you. And in the Mm -hmm. face of that, you still said no, and, and, you know, your principles held up under pressure. And that says a lot about your character. It says a lot about your faith. It says a lot about the few people that you had that stood next to you and and didn't. And, you know, this isn't a conversation about what's right and what's wrong about getting it or not getting it. It's a conversation about what's right and what's wrong when it comes to the way people are treated and the way people are seen and mm. what's right and what's wrong when it comes to your principles. Because
2: your That's principles right. can be like very,
0: very different things. Somebody is principled in one way and another in another person. And so you know, again, man, I I truly look up to you and I'm glad we finally have this conversation because you you have that that street cred, so to speak, of saying, Yep, I got called into question what I believe in and in the face of it I stood firm and I did what I what I knew to be right in my heart. And that is worth a lot. And it's it's something that not as many people can say that they,
2: they did.
1: Thank you. I, I, I appreciate that, sir. And um, I, you know, like everything happens for a reason. And it's just like, I, I, I questioned it, like, especially to like, you know, for me, God, I'm like, God, why am I still in? Like, why am I still here? There's so many people who didn't make it. There's right. so many people who tried to stay, who wanted to make it a career, and they're out and they're, they're not coming back. So right. it's just like, why is my situation like? How the waiting and the waiting and the waiting, and then the PCSing, and then mm-hmm. what does that mean? So I feel like we're, I'm still trying to figure out, or I'm still, um, maybe I won't realize until I get out or mm-hmm. until the end. Uh, I don't know, mm-hmm. um, but uh, I, I do know that that there were men before us, men and women before us, who died. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying who gave their lives. So that we can continue some sort of freedom, you know, to continue to have these conversations, Mm -hmm. the the conversations that a lot of people don't want us to have or would try to remove from the Internet. That's what makes our country so beautiful and so special. And um, I I just I I can't say thank you enough to you for opening up and giving me your time and your amazing platform, which is going to continue to to take off the pipeline is amazing um so all i could say is thank you so much for allowing me to have a voice to to to, to talk about what um i i I went through because a very small amount of people um i can i could trust only a certain small amount um where i felt comfortable just to at least have a conversation so thank you so much thank you seriously
0: absolutely thank you for coming on i'm glad we finally made made a time to do it this is a couple months in the making for sure so um that's right to everybody listening you know if you if you if you got some value from this conversation if you gotten value from other conversations on this podcast and maybe you haven't hit that subscribe button or haven't headed over to our instagram or facebook and given us a follow please do so um And I'll say this too. I know there's a lot of people that, you know, listen to us on Spotify or Apple or Google podcasts, and maybe if you've got, Mm -hmm. you know, um, YouTube premium, you listen to us and you don't have the time to sit and actually watch, but if you only listen to us on a platform where you just listen, it means a lot to head over to those other ones and just give us a subscribe over there as well. Um, you know, it helps what we do, um, give us a like, drop us a comment, and um, thank you again uh, for coming on, Matt. And thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of I Came With Fire podcast.
1: Amen. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks again so much. We'll definitely chat again. For
2: sure. Have a good night, man.
1: Thank you so much. You as well.
3: What's going on, Fire fans? I Came With Fire podcast is sponsored by Red Clover Coffee and Sheep's Clothing LLC. Red Clover Coffee is a veteran-owned company with small-batch roasted coffees, and they just happen to donate to some pretty awesome charities. Whether you're into specialty-flavored coffees, single-source coffees, or having a really cool coffee mug and some badass slaps, Red Clover has you covered. You can order ground, whole bean, or even coffee pods and get it all at 10% off your entire purchase using coupon code CAMEWITHFIRE. Again, that's 10% off your entire purchase using our coupon code CAMEWITHFIRE. I personally love their Blueberry Invasion and African Roast. That Blueberry Invasion hits the spot. Head over and get yourself some awesome coffee and support us by supporting our sponsor. I Came With Fire podcast is also sponsored by Sheep's Clothing, LLC. Sheep's Clothing, LLC is a unifying banner for all violent arts, disciplines, professions, and survivors of violent circumstances. Redefine Violence. Both Zach and I being survivors of violent circumstances and LEOs in the military, we are especially excited to be able to offer you 10% off your entire purchase with coupon code FIRE10 at checkout. Whether you're looking for an awesome t-shirt, hats, slaps, flags, or MMA gear, they've got you covered. Me personally, I love my snapback with the leather patch surrounded by God's flannel. If you know, you know. That's coupon code FIRE10. F I R E 10 at checkout for 10% off your entire purchase. Thank you all so much for supporting this podcast. And if you should feel compelled, treat yourself by supporting our sponsors as well. They truly make
2: a difference for us. Now let's make a difference for them. See you on the next show.